Well, actually, what would start is the this, the music would play probably. Are you ready for the scares, girls? The Halloween, are you? The Halloween spooktacular. Are you ready for the schools, ghouls? <laughs> I was trying to put in all the uh, different Halloween things. I don't know. We probably missed a few more. But, yep, it's October 2020. <laughs> I just want to be Wolfman for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> it's getting a bit nippy out. <laughs> Fall is in full effect. It's becoming winter. Spooky, scary. Spooky, scary skeletons. Skeletons. Elliot listened to her that one at the zoo when we were walking around, and that's his new favorite one. Spooky, yeah. scary skeletons. Yeah, Olive loves that one too. She plays that every time. So that's a pretty good song. Yeah. But it's, yeah, October 2020, it's our 11th episode. We've almost done a full, we've done a full calendar year now, but not, we skipped one month, so we're almost there. I think our 12th episode next month will be a special one, because we're, mm-hmm. we're going 12 full episodes, which is a nice We're one. 12. We're <laughs> 12 here, 12 next week. The real name of our podcast is Are You Ready for the Sex Girls, Not Scares Girls, Ghouls. That was a, uh... <laughs> that was... A play on Halloween. Yep, if you didn't figure that out. <laughs> that song, or that name is related to Top Track and Revenge of the Nerds, which is the first episode we did. Our, it our, is. Our, our podcast is about movie soundtracks, mainly from the 80s. We've done 190s, but uh, with a theme of movies that we kind of grew up on and really liked. Mm-hmm. And maybe also not the most commonly known movies, typically, what we look for. Um, and Definitely, typically, not the most commonly known soundtracks. <laughs> yeah. Typically what we do as well, too. So. We and got- the, one, the one movie we did from the 90s, a lot of people think we did... Um, a lot of people think we did uh, <clears throat> um, this one movie uh, called Judgment Night. That is uh, wrong. We actually did the movie Stay Tuned uh, with John Ritter. <laughs> 
I guess that one you could say is a Halloween movie. <laughs> I think so, right? With all the references to hell and everything. Yeah. In it, so. And then uh, John Ritter's dressed up as in a Halloween costume as Prince, like we've mentioned before. So that kind of all ties out. I thought you were going to say, what's the movie, uh, Tales from the Crypt movie, Judgment? What was the one? Called? Oh. Um, Is it Judgment Day? <laughs> no, it's. Uh... Judgment, isn't it? Bordello of Blood? No. <laughs> That's the one. This first one is oh, my, Demon Knight. Yeah, Demon Knight. There you go. Oh. For the Halloween of Judgment Night, it's Demon Knight. I think those are the similar movies, kind of, don't you think? The Halloween. Yeah, Night. Judgment Night and Demon Knight feel, feel like they were cut from the same cloth. Billy Zane. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, I remember Demon Knight. I Ooh, that. I think that's that, great. That might have a good soundtrack. Which I want to mention a little bit about Tales from the Crypt later. But yeah, we're not doing we're not doing our traditional uh, episode format, which is typically like corrections from last episode, current events. We're switching it up. Uh, we're we're just going all Halloween theme, all horror theme. So we're gonna do a little journey through just general discussion on kind of. 80s Halloween horror music, you know, m- melded together kind of talk. So it's going to be really fun. I'm and then I guess go into late, very late 80s, early 90s to talk about Tales from the Crypt. Huh? Well, I just, yeah, that one's a little outside. There's a couple outside, but, you know, we, if we're just opening it up to only Halloween horror type stuff, I figure we could go <laughs> plus or minus, you know, late 70s, early 90s kind of stuff here and there. We also, I feel like if I showed Elliot the Crypt Keeper, he would just like shit his pants is for the scariest, next like... Isn't Crypt Keeper like the scariest motherfucker? Like, <laughs> the scariest thing in the world. Oh, man, he was, still that is. That was again us because, and a lot of these movies we're going to talk about probably is because, again, like we said before, Dad hooked up the free HBO Cinemax and it's the only reason. Yeah, so it's just we, like... They didn't regulate us. <laughs> we saw all this crap as kids. We'd like just turn it on. They played Tales from the Crypt on HBO back then like at 3 o'clock p.m. Like, it yeah. Like they <laughs> well, yeah, HBO didn't give a no, shit. Back like a... A lot of those episodes nope. scared the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're scary. I mean they're they're kind of tongue in cheek now, but yeah. Basically, when you're at the age where you're just figuring out what death is, and then you're finding it mainly more from tales from the crypt episodes, probably not like the best combination. That's, that's not the <laughs> best life. thing in the world. Thanks, mom and dad. It was all free. Thanks, it was Jade. All free and illegal. So th- I just <clears> thanks, dad. Thanks, Jada. Thanks, Jada. Yeah, not only was it or should they have not shown it to us because they were stealing cable, they also shouldn't have shown it to us because it messed us up. Thanks, Jada Pinkett Smith, for being in Demon Knight. Oh yeah, she is in that. I forgot about that. We're gonna... are we just switch? Are we just doing yeah, Demon Knight? Just... Right into it naturally. So, uh, who do we have on the line? Who's on this? Who's on this call right now? Who else is on? Oh, yeah. Oh, like, who, what's my yeah. name? Uh, my, na- uh, my name is Billy Zane. No, just kidding. It's like Ricky How do you say? I don't even remember. I don't think he. <laughs> yeah, the voice wasn't very good. He doesn't go that high on the voice. Hey, 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 h
Sean does. Sean betcha. Sean does all the impressions. He used to be on like old timey radio shows where they had to do all the <laughs> sounds and stuff. So that's why he's on this podcast. Are we? That's I don't even know if that was. That was maybe a car engine. Yeah, but uh, it's the Crypt Keeper Sean Betcher. And then this is we've got on this side we've got the old gods. The forgotten gods ruled the darkness. But what was theirs now belongs to the world of light and substance. And the old gods, the rightful masters, are jealous, watching mankind with a hatred that is boundless as the oh my God. plan for the destruction what is this of which are beyond imagining. What the hell is that from? You don't remember? No. A little flick we'll talk about later as well. The gate with... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we always watched The Gate 2. That was the funnier one. No, yeah. Those get out of hand. Like Critters 2 and 3, The Gate 2, Trolls 2. Uh, Trolls 2 has gotten some publicity lately <clears throat> since that. That's yeah, I think. A very funny. Oh, movie. yeah. I don't know if you've watched that, but it's crazy. <laughs> I haven't. Yeah, I always we always watched the gate too. You're forgetting that's the one where he's in, where they're in like the, they really are in the house, and it's like the parents aren't home. I don't remember if I actually saw the gate. Oh yeah, I saw the gate. That's with Stephen Dorff. Okay, remember is his first movie. Interesting. I I always watch the gate too. Know, the that's gate the too like what I'm ridiculous though, doesn't it? I think I saw both. You, you don't remember the gate with the um, the back? They play the records backwards, and it's like the hard rock, the hard rock song. You don't remember that at all. I mean, I just remember the gate one more. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, so you want to just open it up to some? I got some topics we can just jump right into. If mm-hmm. you're interested, and it's not you know just a variation on different discussion things, but first thing, uh, just Halloween horror flicks this season kind of what have you have you been watching anything not really what did I, I mean I guess we said that I watched the new Adam Sandler movie yeah that one we just mentioned I watched that with my daughter and uh and her friend I think it's called like Herbie Halloween is that right and mm-hmm. it's actually pretty Something funny like a surprise you know with Sandler movies he you can he's been having some flops so but um, yeah, we. I thought I was hoping, and it was what came to fruition. It's like if I, my daughter watched that movie, it'd be like, okay, she get a taste of what the pre, like the original Adam Sandler movies were like, kind of for us, you know, with um, mm-hmm. with uh, darn it, um, what are the two movies? <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, like Billy Madison and, and um, um, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think oh, that gives her a taste of that, and it is. It's kind of like that. Some of the stuff is a little dumb and falls back, like, but there's got a lot of funny good parts and there's some different SNL cast in there and some other people. So yeah, did you do you said you kinda liked it or no? I did. And then just anything where uh Tim Meadows comes in is just yeah, always hilarious. That. Um and that's on Netflix, I think, right now. But no, I, I uh I load up my movie list and like Netflix and um, Amazon and just load them with horror movies like throughout the year. So then when it comes to the October, I can just, you can binge just watch them all. Them. And like, sometimes I work from home, especially <clears> the <throat> pandemic working from home. I just work and like play them in the background because maybe some of them, you don't have to be a hundred percent folks, but some ones I just saw that I had meaning to watch for a long time was green room. Have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. That one's pretty sweet. It's a, uh, I'll just do a quick 
it's like a, a band's doing a, a punk, they're like a small punk band and they're doing a show and they accidentally get booked at like a neo-Nazi <laughs> place and they get done with their show and they accidentally walk back back in their dressing room and see like a murdered person and then they get, okay. get kind of stuck in the green room and then they kind of got to fight their way out because the neo-Nazi nice. group is trying to kind of like clean the slate. It's pretty interesting. I also saw um, Creep 2. Have you seen those? Creep and Creep 2 with uh, Duplass. Mm-hmm. Duplass, isn't that how you say his name? He stars yeah. in them and he's just like a serial killer or something, but it's like all kind of handheld camera style. In this Creep okay. 2, he, it's pretty interesting. Both They're kind of like separate movies. It's the same serial killer character, but separate movies. And he meets this lady that makes like a video, video documentaries of she just responds to really odd um, like Craigslist ads, you know, like romance mm-hmm. ads and like films the guys and like gets into all their life. And so then she sees his ad and starts filming him and he pursues who, her that he he's open with her, tells her he's a serial killer, but he wants to like document everything. And they both kind of agree to it. And she doesn't like really believe he's a serial killer kind of. But it makes for a pretty interesting flick as that kind of plays out across the board. Interesting. Yeah. So two really good ones. It's like that an, one's an on Netflix indie horror, right yeah. Right now. I just, unfortunately, because Laura hates horror movies and so does my the rest of my family and Elliot too, I have to, fu- I have to watch these basically by myself on like the – like a tablet <laughs> yeah. really late at night. If I have, well, I, my family doesn't movies. like them either. So I just, like I said, when I'm working from home, I'm like in the upstairs with the, on the projector, having them in the background or like weekends, <laughs> I get to see one if they're asleep. They just, do they just like fuel your fire? Yeah. And the boys uh, did watch Christine with me too, which isn't too bad for kids. You know? or, they, Ooh, got a, yeah. they got a little scared. I mean, is it basically just like the car revving its yeah, engine? Yeah, it's <laughs> like what happened. And like some of the older ones, you know, like the graphics aren't too good, so it's kind of funny to the kids a little bit. You know, it's like and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. They love that one as well. <laughs> we oh them. man, that's scary yeah. though. I they go to like kids now, like my kids now, they see that one and they're like laughing at it because it doesn't even look like it doesn't look too good. You know, <laughs> like it looks fake. You know, yeah. Um, but my my list also has got the 1970s Wicker Man, not Nicholson, <clears throat> um, Daughters of Darkness, Train to Busan, and Videodrome. That's what I'm hitting up next. I don't know if you've ever heard any of those, or any of those sound interesting. But I hope I can get through those four or five this before the Halloween season ends. It's kind of what I'm. I mean, were they laughing at the part where he is like the one clown is like he made like a marionette out of the person no that's that that's pretty sick yeah i don't know what they were there they weren't really scared though at all they want, they want to watch it like six times <laughs> oh my god i think it's something i don't know yeah i'll have to talk about that more later with them kind of what what they're thinking because i didn't get into it too much but it's yeah. something about how it's carnival and kind of fun anyway and they like just lean that way because the graphics don't look so real to them or something you know and it's like, oh, it's a fun carnival. It's yeah. not like the death part of it. <laughs> they can like glaze over that. Um, what about costumes this year? You got, what are you going dressing up as? I don't even know. <laughs> I think, well, yeah, we were talking about this the other night. Um, Elliot's just being a PJ mask. So one of them, I think the cat one. Um, and then Amelie's being Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's great. What about you and Laura? Are you guys... 
Oh, I don't know. I don't even know if we're walking around. Am I supposed to be? I guess I'll be, since it was my birthday the other day, I was going to be, I just decided I'd be Shoop since you made me that shirt. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I did make another, another replica with, uh, of that one. With the Mind Over yeah, Matter uh, logo. We talked about it last episode. I said, do you want that yeah. for your birthday? So I got you that and uh, um, Roadhouse, Grizzled and Chiseled. Both Roadhouse. I guess it could be uh, if I was like uh, uh, Sam and L- Laura was Swayze. Yeah, that'd be awesome. If we you were grizzled and chizzed. Greased up, oiled up. Can you handle Ooh. that? <laughs> I can handle that when it's 30 degrees outside. I, I honestly, I don't even know what the rules are. So I don't know if like people are trick or treating. I think or our neighborhood will because I think they're all going to have like pipes and gutters and stuff. And like uh, remote control okay. cars, or like put the bucket out and just like wave and stuff. So uh, I think we're gonna take the kids okay. and just go. We're only going up to houses that are doing like social distancing because we don't want to like spread this thing any further or anything like that. So that's yeah. that should be fine and be pretty safe. I think it's just like try not to go up person to person makes sense because you're just mixing a ton of different people if you do something like that. But I guess we'll find mm-hmm. out if nobody has it. But I'm sure even if our kids get like two pieces of candy, they're happy right now, kind of like their age. Yeah, just yeah, to and then walk if nobody around. comes to our house, we'll just give them some of the candy we have for the kids or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I've written down. I, I'm not, is it is it supposed to be Saturday? Yeah, I don't even know Saturday, what's supposed to be. Halloween. Yeah, so okay. that's, I'm pretty sure in Chicago it probably is too. But Saturday. Night. Yeah. So I got a. I don't know. I better figure this out in the next yeah, couple of days. Hard, I wouldn't think, but plus, you can always just yeah. go out and be like, "Oh, this isn't working. Let's just go back in." <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. We had. I tried to get the kids to be garbage pail kids with me, and come up with their own names, you know, and their own, you know, yeah. like Henry the fart, fart. <laughs> like Henry the Henry the fart, Henry the fart face, <laughs> fart master, fart master Clay. <laughs> And they kind farty, of like it. They, were farty since they haven't seen the movie or seen any of the cards all the way yet. They weren't there. I think I'll get it next year, but I think that'd be so fun to do just to do all that. And have you seen, do you remember that movie? Have you seen that in a while? Yeah. yeah. Garbage Pail Kids. It's always listed yeah. as probably like one of the worst movies of all time in all these lists. <laughs> That's bullshit. Um, just like the Razzie for the, <clears throat> um, Vanity. Which is, you know, same thing. It's like the same yeah. category, but or, I was, uh, I was just perusing. That's like the even more. It's pretty good. Just isn't for uh, yeah. garbage pail. There's, uh, there's uh, like a, I don't even know what you call it. <laughs> like a soul song in it. That's so good. <laughs> and then they have one where it's all the garbage pail <laughs> kids singing like soul man. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, it's like a partial soul song. I don't know. You're gonna have to check it out later i don't want to go too deep into that and then there's like a song where all the garbage pail kids sing together no don't play it right now (laughs) Um, but yeah so then we ended up with just the mandalorian i think i mentioned that last time you get this disney episode so we got baby yoda we got the mandalorian we got a jawa we got i guess one of the characters is named keel i can't remember his name so it's gonna be fun and then you're carl weathers right yep and then i'm carl weathers i mean Carl Winslow. <laughs> What's worth that? Wait one second. Wait a second. Just a real quick question.
I don't know which one that is. I don't think that's. Which one is that? Not a soul around. The one, but that's okay. That still was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah. What's no, no, are we doing garbage pail no, no, kids? No, no. <laughs> um, quick one. Spinning off of that, uh, cost, best costume as a kid. What do you remember? Any good ones you had? Michael Jackson, blackface. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Was I? Yeah. Okay. No. I was Michael Jackson, and I had <clears throat> prudence not to do blackface. <laughs> yeah. I guess um, I so. I remember being Elvis Presley one time, and I had a pretty good impression. Wait, remember, this is, I am seven years old in this, or like eight years old, just for the, for oh, the yeah, podcast. No. It's mom and dad this did it, other... I guess. Wow. Interesting. I guess they that just thought, just... hey, we should make him African-American, because yeah. I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Eek. But remember, that's just when I thought about my best costume and thought of Elvis, and I, I did have a decent impression. It wasn't as good as the one you did. Remember in Christmas when you got the hot licks guitar? Didn't you say, this is Elvis mm-hmm. Presley, and then you just humped the guitar? <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that what he did? Yeah, I think so. That's kind of what my impression was, but just not on top of the guitar. It was like in, it was in front of me <laughs> with my hips shaking kind of thing. <clears throat> Um, yeah, but th- neither of those were that good, though. I'm sure, like, 80s people have way better costumes. I'm trying to think. Oh, I was a mummy one time. It was wrapped with paper. <clears throat> I don't think we had... I mean, the one that Dad was the most proud of for making for me was, like, Boo Dude, and he did a Boo costume. Oh, my um, gosh, I forgot about that. I don't even get that. That he did, like... <laughs> He did it in uh, what's it called? Uh, <clears throat> like uh, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know. They did it. He did it in neon colors, and they wrote "voodoo." I don't even get that. What does that mean? I guess that a ghost is so cool because he uses neon. Because neon was cool I in the nineteen ninety-two. That's so funny. Yeah, one dad. I think the one dad was proudest making for me was the. It was a leap year that year, and he made me like a big cardboard calendar, and he had glasses from the Marriott New Year's Eve party, and then like my joke was to say, "What am I?" And I just jump up and down, then say, "I'm a leap year." For the trick or treating. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's. We've had some bad ones. We should have just done who are the bad like, ones. Um, our parents were almost too much like make our own costumes. <laughs> I like making your own costumes, but it seemed like it was almost like too forced sometimes. <laughs> I bet I bet we typically wanted to do <sighs> something else and it was like, uh, now we're going to make them. I don't really remember all the way though. All right, let's get into some, talk some Halloween 80s <clears throat> movies like we talked about. Um, there's a few okay. different thoughts and topics just to get into that. So first category I had was kind of like just riffing off the most popular 80s Halloween movies. Um, I think most people, when they think of that, they go to Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, 
mm-hmm. of The Shining and like Stephen King stuff. Because after The Shining, a lot of Stephen King stuff came out too. Did Shining actually did come out in like 1980? I think so. I think it was right on 1980. So yeah, it's probably one of those okay. where we've done the soundtracks before. Is that really a 70s movie? Maybe, you know. Mm-hmm. Probably you'd say because it was probably made in the 70s, and it, it almost has the feel of that, not really the 80s, you know. And then like John Carpenter yeah. stuff too, you know, the thing, the fog. Christina mm-hmm. mentioned that, and they live. Like I think that kind of encapsulates the most known, popular kind of uh, horror Halloween movies. When you think, okay, yeah. Any thoughts on any of those movies or? I know in a little bit we'll probably just talk about the um uh some of the soundtracks and movies, like sounds songs in the movies and stuff, you know. I mean those are yeah, John Carpenter is known for the score. Shining is probably more is yeah, known a lot for of those score. scores versus songs. Those are I all think, scores. I think probably Friday the thirteenth is probably the one that would have more of like uh or Nightmare on Elm Street probably has like random eighties songs, yeah. like one if you look at a soundtrack, the movies have maybe like one song they throw in there, but most of them are. And it's just like, and then they've got a soundtrack where it's like Freddie going like, I'll put my knives yeah. in your face and <laughs> up your butthole. Yeah. Fart man. Man clay. Um, yeah, but they, that's exact. No, I lost my train of thought. Cause that's like kind of funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, but no, uh, a lot of those, like the thing, I think the thing, the shining, and <laughs> eat shit, shit, please. Those get a lot of votes for like best score, yeah. like of all time, in a lot of places, or at least top twenty-five. Because they're really? really good. Yeah, Christine was made by John Carpenter, and the thing was okay. too, but he didn't do the uh, score on that one. If you can believe it, it sounds like him, but it's actually he hired someone on that. It's like one of the yeah. only ones, like in that time period, he hired somebody. And I don't know why, but he probably had influence on it, I'm guessing. Um, the other one, too, was the remake of The Fly. Yeah. was pretty good with our buddy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Goldblum. Goldblum. I thought one time it was funny. We, we just got in the cotton candy machine, and we watched the uh, old version of The Fly and the new version with Olive. And she likes both. And for some reason, mm-hmm. she just came up with the idea to do a video where it's the fly, but instead of a fly coming in the machine, it's like some cotton candy gets flies in there, and then the person just turns into a cotton candy over time, like their hand and then their arm, mm. like that. I don't know. I thought mm-hmm. it was funny. <laughs> I still haven't made it, but I think we'll make it sometime. Make that act like it could be the fly three or something if they haven't made it. Yeah, that'd be kind of sweet. Um, yeah. So the next one I kind of kind of stemming from there was like okay. Popular 80s movies, maybe not to that level, but the ones I remember watching as kids because we did, I, even though we had HBO, like we said before, I never saw those ones we just said as a kid, I don't think. Like, maybe The Shining, but I don't think I saw the other ones. And probably because they weren't on HBO. <laughs> and our parents didn't, like, mm-hmm. didn't go out yeah, and I know, right? movies like that, you know, or see them. It was more if they were just on the HBO and, like, are accessible to us, wouldn't you say? Or do you think you saw some of those? So then, yeah. I get... Did I? No, I mean, I saw The Shining when I was younger, yeah. That's the only one I kind of remember seeing, and the other ones, I don't know. Maybe Christmas. <clears throat> the other, no, I didn't. My girlfriend in college um, uh, 
really liked Friday the 13th and, and, uh, and or sorry, yeah, Fre- Freddy Krueger, so whatever that one is, Nightmare on Elm Street and the other. And that was kind of the first time I really watched those as I bought her, like, the DVD yeah. package of all those. And I, I just was like, How, why did you like these? And she was just like, I just did growing up. And I was like, I don't think I ever. So you're yeah. right. I didn't really watch those. more when I got in high school. The slasher ones. I watching more of that stuff. You know, seeing all that stuff and just kind of going through all yeah. the, that. Or, you know, when I was younger, though, I didn't. And the ones that I remember more as kids was definitely Gremlins. Which is also, you could say, is a, maybe a yeah. Christmas movie. Because it happens during Christmas. And is it, isn't even really a... Um... I don't know. It's not even really that horror-ish, I guess. Yeah, but a little I think bit. you kind of say because it's creatures, whatever. And then we did see Child's Play. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why. For some reason, I remember seeing Child's Play. Um, yeah. I mean, we all saw that. And that's a scary one. It's a Halloween movie, not necessarily are, so lot, most kids saw that. Yeah. And that was very popular and very 80s kind of movie, right? Um, I remember we watched some Twilight Zone mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, that one was so like that, forever. Um, that obviously, the Twilight Zone TV show has a great theme song. And then also, do you remember Cat's Eye? But also that the the because that was that was produced by like Steven Spielberg. Oh, yeah. The Twilight Zone yeah. movie was great. And really, I think it was. We're talking about. Um, I remember this from watching something years ago. Uh, I think Robert Zemeckis. So, like, all those guys who did that stuff did the Twilight Zone movie because they like the Twilight Zone. But some of that spinoff is why they did right. um, Tales from the yeah. Crypt yeah, and all that. Playoff, yeah. um, I think, like, Twilight Zone, the movie, Cat's Eye was the one I just mentioned, where it's, like, stories, horror stories put together. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was Creep Show, mm-hmm. too. Those were kind of like... Yeah. Uh, Creep <laughs> Show, remember this one? But Can I, I get a ride, lady? I remember some reason we saw Twilight Zone, the movie... Because maybe it was like a little like more science fiction-y. So somehow we were, yeah. Yeah, it was. And th- the scariest part was the kid when the rabbit came out. Of the, about that the, the rabbit came yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. But that had, a, what I'm saying that is because the Twilight Zone movie, I think, yeah, actually yeah. had a pretty good soundtrack. And then Cat's Eye. Because Do you remember it's got, that one? Cat's yeah. Eye. Because that one always was, it was weird. It's not that mm. good of a movie, but uh, they had um, Drew, Drew um, Barrymore, is that right? From E.T., right? Um, mm-hmm. She was in one of those, and it's like this yeah. little, like, aboriginal, like, I don't know what you want to call it, dude. He's, like, small, and he comes into her room, and her cat fights him off. Remember that? Yes! Yeah. Didn't we talk about this before? Videodrome. I forget his name. He's in um, the other one. Is he like goes to kill a cat for this rich guy, and the cat like he's a hitman, and he like can't kill the cat, and the cat ends up killing him. <laughs> remember that? That's another one. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember that one. I just remember that there was a little guy that was like, there's something about yeah, the like, yeah. were that good, but they were like, like it's almost because like they were bad. It was more scary, but it's not. None of them, if you watch them again, are that scary, but it's yeah. like, because they were made so kind of like oddly, it makes it like kind of more freaky in terms of like, what the hell was wrong with the guy that made this one? <laughs> but I think those are all Stephen King mm-hmm. too. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's almost like Stephen yeah. King rejects got made and it just made you freak out more because it was like, this is way off. 
than some of the stuff. And yeah, then I also had Tales yeah. of the Crypt, even though that gets into the 90s, but we mentioned that before just because I remember getting freaked the heck out by a lot of episodes there. I feel like even sometimes we traveled in the hotel and the Marriott's, we'd watch those. <laughs> yeah, that was also um, I that. I yeah. play one song. I had one track to cut from all those for fun. Um, Grem- going back to Gremlins. Um, Gremlins is loaded with a lot of tracks. Um, you got Gizmo when he sings his song. That's pretty memorable. Mm-hmm. You got the Gremlin mm-hmm. rag. Most people know that one. The main thing. But one of the mm-hmm. best scenes in the first movie, the bar scene, has two amazing tracks. I want to play a snippet from both. Good. A couple of goodies. One after the other. Peter. First one's Peter Gabriel. Out, yeah. Out, and the next one is um, Michael Sombrello, Mega Madness. And they're two perfect 80s songs, I think. And they're not like. And it's the Gremlins. And they're, they're doing parodies on, I guess, just break dancing, maybe breaking. And then. Uh, I think the what's out, it called? Uh, hanging out, aren't they? During that, like in the park. All different stuff, yeah. When she's just like, oh, is it? Gremlins, but okay. Either way, it's like they're kind of subtle. I mean, the the uh, Mega Madness one isn't subtle because it's the Gremlin breakdown. It's supposed to be, to be like flash. Yeah, it's supposed to be like flash dance, kind of. With uh, yeah. Sombrero also made the Maniac song, 
And the crazy thing about that is they originally wrote the Maniac okay. song for a 1981 horror movie called Maniac, which is supposed to be pretty good. But somehow it got changed, didn't get in that song, oh my and then God. it got used in Flashdance. And the original lyrics to the Maniac song were, he's a maniac, maniac, that's for sure. He will kill your cat and nail him to the door. <laughs> and that's real. <laughs> yeah, that is real. I'm not making it up. No! For the Maniac song, that was the original lyrics. Probably why it didn't get into the movie. Because <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> I don't know. So then what, it, what is it instead? Like, it's she's like, dancing uh... like she's never danced before or something, I think. But isn't that crazy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah. yeah but you'll nail your dog, you'll nail your dog to the door. I went to the Gremlins one, and I, it's pretty good. So that can be a future one. But I wanted to hit on those two songs because they're so good. Um... Then, then I think we go to ones spent stemming off of that as like 80s movies we saw as kids that were probably like a little bit more under the radar, kind of like summer school <laughs> that maybe people forgot and maybe not. But mm -hmm. one of those was Monster Squad, which is. No, oh, I mean, that's just I feel like Monster Squad could be. Its yeah, own I know. I, don't wanna, I, I guess we we'll don't do have it. to talk too much about them. But, you know, our favorite line from any movie ever made, obviously, it Kick him, kick him in, in the kick nards. him in the nards, and then he kicks them. <laughs> Wolfman's yeah, <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. And I, what we always loved about Monster Squad is that they just didn't call it like at least Chunk and Goonies was named Chunk, and then Monster the Squad bigger kid like... in uh, you know, or like or like in, you know, with Stand by Me, the bigger kid had a name, you know, the Jerry Kyle character. Like, oh, it's what they call him. Oh, was his name Spitz? No, they called it. They're like, oh, okay. you know, you know, it's his real name. Then you got Chunk, and they called him Chunk, even though that's not his real name. But he went with it. And then in this one, um, in this one, the bigger <laughs> yeah, kid, they I just call him Fat, fat Kid. <laughs> they don't even care. It's just all the damage off. Like this is what he's supposed to be. Why <laughs> even beat around the bush? Just slowly go down. We got Fat Kid. We got Asian. Yeah, kid. <laughs> his name is Fat Kid. Uh, no, they didn't have one. Jesus. Of that movie, though, did they? Um, <laughs> yeah, they they didn't have, have one of those there. This year too. That's a good one. For, I think that's probably a little scary, but probably not. Yeah, I mean that's worth. To me, I mean you could do it, but the the one from the the main one from that is up there with the um, with the Honey I Shrunk the Kid song. Oh, the um, um, yeah, turn it up. Turn it up. That's, okay, it's from the montage. One, the one in Monster Squad yeah. is. What, yeah. Rock until you drop. Is that, uh -huh. They're like getting ready for the fight the monsters. Yeah. And guess who wrote that? Uh huh. Michael Sombrail. What? Kenny Loggins. Hell yeah, he did. We got ties, motherfucker. No. <laughs> really? He did that Gremlins track. He did the Flashdance <laughs> track, and now he did the Monster track. Monster. And he also did the. Oh. Yes. But he didn't sing that one, right? And then he also did oh, it is him. Squad rap. Okay, yeah. Should we just listen to that or not? We oh, what is that? Oh, what is that? 
The forces of evil come out the box. The ambulance, they must destroy. My strength for death and stock is void. Who can stop that deadly might? Who will stand up for the right? From the mouth of the base comes dynamite. The box is fine. You ain't losing tonight. Let's get back in love. Now the roof man too. The mama and the girl are swimming in the pool. We need seven for boss. We need one and six. Normal stuff won't stop because they live on hate. Fix some magic wills from a virgin sense. Baby, that'll shake it. Make them slip in the chair. There's no turning back. Gotta fight the fight. Yeah, the box is fine. So we're getting it Yeah, pretty good. But Monster Squad rap. Still not rocking to your drop, but I still like that one. Pretty good. Um, Shout out to the Leprechaun rap real quick, just because we're doing like another. We should have saved it for the. I mean, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's more of a, of a St. Like Patty's Day thing, but, no. but he also is a. Yeah. We're touching swords. All the different holidays. holidays. <laughs> His leprechaun goes, goes to Christmas, goes to Chris, saves St. Christmas St. after Halloween. Halloween. It's all blending together. Die Hard is <laughs> a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then um, The Gate, we talked about that earlier with Stephen Dorff. And the track in there is amazing. The backwards rock track. Uh, won't play it right now, but uh, check that out. Killer Clowns. We mentioned that one. I remember seeing that one. And then Critters, Ghoulies, and Maximum Overdrive as well. I remember seeing those as kids. And those were kind of like maybe like the B movies. And yeah, and Maximum, Maximum Overdrive is probably the number one of all those. There's a ton me. of ACDC tracks, a couple originals. Those are pretty good. And both Ghoulies and mm-hmm. Critters have one or two really good soundtrack songs. Yeah, and, and original Critters, if you remember... Pretty like, good the ones. Bounty Hunter yeah. In that one. The one guy that always changes. Yeah. But then he changes to the one guy. And mm-hmm. who that guy was. He's, he's actually Johnny yeah. Steele. I don't know if you know this. And he wrote the main song for the film, Power of the Night. Yeah. So he yeah, I knew he was a rock star. I remember that was a thing. Yeah. Power of the Night. And then the music video is him in the movie and all that. And it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's sweet. I like Critters. I power of the Night is Power of the Critters. <laughs> Ghoulies is let's just stop and turn it on right now. You watch Ghoulies 1? Ghoulies just scared me because I when I would like watch see the cover of that at the video store, yeah, I'd just be scared to t- take a shit. Ghoulies gonna eat my ass. It was before Blockbuster, even the movie so But yeah, that cover yeah. I will always I don't know. Some other movies they come out of the toilet. Shit. Who expected that? Yeah. <laughs> and like you know, let's be honest. Right now, you'd pay somebody money to eat your ass. <laughs> oh man, this is a bad combination. No, we got this little zombie thing you put on top of the toilet. And Henry would not like last year, and he got so free. He wouldn't go to the bathroom like the whole Halloween season. I took it off, but he still was freaked out. So same kind of 
Yeah, same kind of concept, I think. Who which, who was it? Henry? Critters is kind of funny because it's like <laughs> came out or something. They're like hmm, For which one? Uh, yeah. Creatures work. Let's make critters. <laughs> it's just like just make another creature, whatever. It doesn't really matter what it is. That'll be like, yeah. It'll be like, doesn't matter like, what it is. Just, let's just call it like fucking creature. <laughs> yeah. Same with Sounds good. Both gooey I mean, and critters. Hey, who made the gremlins? Hey, who made the, who made the gremlins? Yeah, Rick Baker. All right. Uh, this is Rick yeah, Schmaker. I'm the top makeup artist. Gonna do critters. <laughs> So Rick Rick Schmaker made critters and then couple studios. They're like critters and ghoulies on it right now. <laughs> oh you guys I heard he did I heard he did they just didn't correct him. I heard he did Gremlins. Oh yeah, Dick uh, Dick Faker. Yeah. Well, on to one more thing, and then we can get into the movie. Um, one more thought was just, you know, we talked about those main flicks before, and we talked about scores. And I think if you don't at least touch on scores, and I know we said a little bit, but um, horror movies, Halloween movies are really iconic because of the score songs more than anything else. And so, you know, I threw some down here, and, and Halloween yeah. is pretty iconic, but it was late. Halloween one was late 70s. But a lot of people, when you get into the semantics yeah. of it, they say like Halloween two and three are better, and that's really the eighties. And like I think Halloween two or three, I think mm-hmm. two is people the Halloween song. They know the one from Two Better or something. <laughs> and then three like experiments more. So I just threw those in there because mm-hmm. they're so well known. You know the. So funny, funny thing to that. Do you remember our band? We had the song, and in the beginning of it, we had just done it as a drone, not even thinking about it. We had put, we had written a different song, but just to have a drone that went throughout it, we had the guitarist go. And we didn't, and it didn't, wasn't supposed to be anything like the Halloween song. It just were the two top notes of the main chords in the song. So, but we, when we submitted that song to like a song contest, the the main judge for the song contest was yeah. the guy who wrote Closing Time. I forget the name of that band. <laughs> but his main comment was, really like the song. Oh, yeah. Don't know that I love sort I of a Halloween theme, Halloween sound. <laughs> and we were like, what? I, I was so I like we weren't even thinking that, that, but I guess it like that's in, that's in print. Through, but yeah, yeah, but that's what that guy said. The guy that goes closing well, time. I don't like that. You didn't like though. our drone that sounded like Halloween. Yeah, well, Halloween, and then these are kind of yeah. Weird. So he can go fuck himself. <laughs> and guess who's our guest today, ladies and gentlemen? What was the name of that man? Who knows? Here he is. Um, the guy's these, these other ones are kind of ones that we mentioned some above that a lot of people know, but and we, a couple of these mentioned above, but uh, Suspiria, the one from 1975, it's a lot of praise for. Um, the Thing, I listened to that. They're all yeah. The Thing, Christine, The Shining, mm-hmm. we mentioned a lot of those. And But one that doesn't get talked about a lot, and this is actually 90s though, uh, early 90s, is Candyman soundtrack. And it was done by Philip Glass, and it's mm-hmm. orchestral too. 
Okay. That one's that one that people don't always yeah. think about, but nice. literally you should go listen to it. It's so good. Like every track is uh, like ties to the movie very well. And that movie, if you kind of go into it, it's pretty interesting as well. It's not just, you know, about the boogeyman kind of plot scene. It's, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. No, I, I think that's why What's-His-Name wants that? to like remake it. That? The can- Candyman. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. I bet Jordan Peele. Yeah. Because of like all the different uh, elements. Guess where that, that? Guess where that was filmed? Chicago. Greeny Green. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I read about that because they had to pay yeah. some gang yeah. members to film in there. And then um, even as they were driving away, they still shot bullets at them yep. for some reason at their production van as they drove. Yeah, they're like. Probably like, they're just like, get out of here. They're like, all right, we, get, we took your money and still got out of here. Kind of thing, I think. Yeah. So. <laughs> Candyman. Yeah, I should watch oh, it again. I forget his name. Who is the actor that plays yeah, Candyman? So do I. Yeah, let's go with that. I think it's, I think oh, it's Carl Winslow. <laughs> no, we'll look it up. We'll come back next episode with it. <laughs> With some corrections, some corrections corner. No, because he's been. I just know him because he's yeah. he's got kind of a deeper voice and he's been in a lot of things. Yeah. He's got a very or like other random side parts, and I just can't think of his name. Yeah. I think he was in a bunch of black exploitation movies too, like in the seventies. Yeah. I can't think of his name. Come up that are pretty good that I've seen are also Under the Skin. Have you seen that movie with uh, Scarlett Johansson? Mm-hmm. I like. Remember, we saw that one with um, um, that was kind of horror thriller oh, yeah, where they, the they pass it along to each other that by having sex. Like the Drive soundtrack. The yeah, and that one's really great. That's kind of... Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's I guess ultimately it's really just a, yeah, it's a like a bit, riff or, a, or an homage like to John advanced or something, so or just like current, I guess, with using more than just mm-hmm. well, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. Under the skin and it follows. It follows. Yeah, as well, and more like that was good with some really nice scores to them. And that's not all. There's a lot more, but I just I'm not going to go through a hundred, you know. <laughs> but um. yeah, I mean, I just music, a uh, mood, everything. I, oh, yeah. Another one that I always like too. Yeah, that's Bob good as well. Like all of that. Yeah, that's got a good. That was a newer on one that was scary. Too, or was by yeah. Netflix. Yeah, and made by Netflix. I could be wrong. I can't remember. But is it? Do you want to listen to any okay. of those scores at all, or just go on to the movie? Um, can we listen to? Let's just what do one? it. Follows because I think that was like the last movie we saw together. Thank you. 
But now we're going to go back on script. We do have a flick that we're going to go through. And now we typically, uh, you know, tell you what the movie is, go through some of the, the stats and info on that, and then we start hitting the soundtrack. And so I don't know if you guys might have guessed what we were doing. We didn't drop many Easter eggs. but I, I was going to say, we didn't have many hits. Let's do, like, all the Easter eggs in, in, a, many, in a row. We didn't have many uh, Easter eggs, do, Michael. Do. Michael. <laughs> I don't know. I will not fall. Or maybe thou shalt not. But I feel like if you listen to every other movie we said in that last talk, you could guess it by it not being said. <laughs> because it's and one you know, of the more popular ones from the 80s, I would think. I also feel like nobody has done, have, you know, how I, I feel like some of these different movie podcasts I'll listen to sometimes or whatever will do different movies we have done maybe sometimes, you know. I feel like they do maybe more poppy movies. I don't yeah. feel like I've seen this one anywhere. I don't know, but maybe I'm maybe I have blinders on or something. Yeah, but everybody remembers it, and the soundtrack is is fun. And there's definitely a track on there that's probably one of the most more popular <sighs> Halloween type songs, I guess you could say, horror movie, if you can call it that type. Yeah, songs, but and and everyone remembers when I was like ten, I made like the picture of them coming <laughs> the main characters coming up over the sand dune and i that's i just wanted to be all of the character i wanted all of us to be the characters from this movie they are pretty cool um yeah it was like our twilight so to speak yeah pretty much okay who's guessing now Times better a million times a billion times teenage vampires it's it's really you peter it's you peter (laughs) it's It's you, Peter. We're doing Hook. We're doing Hook. The most Halloween movie because they're all wearing costumes. No. All right, what are we doing? Now we give away the song. Paul Schumacher. What's his name? Am I right? Who's the director? Yep, Batman Forever. We're doing that. We jump to that because this looks like they're wearing new costumes again. That is actually what we're doing. No, we're doing the Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Yep. He's excited. Like Who's the, ready? The real first Twilight, and it's it was good. But, well, I mean, it was pretty good. Better than Twilight, right? Yeah. So, 80s Twilight, or I should say Twilight is a ripoff of this, but did, done crappily. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come on. Where the characters are not as cool and sexy. Yeah, it's like they, I mean, always vampires are like cool and sexy. That's any kind of vampire. That's even like Anne Rice's vampires, right? Yeah. Which probably predate this. You know, Bram Stokers. These were like the first teen vampires. Teen vamps. Teen sexy vampires. That doesn't sound good. (laughs) Teen Teen sexy vampires? But that's what yeah. Joel Schumacher said the movie was. Joel that's Schumacher, his, yeah, yeah, that's it. That when his first description of the movie when when he was like interviewed was like, "That's all it is." <laughs> it's just teen sexy vampires. Yeah. Um, all right, so should we get into some stats and talk about a little bit? Yeah. Of all right, let's run through it. Um, it's rated R, which is awesome. I mean, that's what makes, mm-hmm. makes it good because it's got it's not like it like, is. 
Um, 97 minutes runtime was released in 1987. So late. It's maggots. It's maggots, Michael. Just I kidding. There, the, you could tell it's 87 because there's some clothing styles that feel 90s in there. Like, you know, yeah. like the mix, kind of like we had some of the soundtracks. That were Doesn't there. she have, yeah, yeah. Doesn't the girl at one point have, and again, I didn't watch it this time. I just listened to it while I ran. But didn't the one main girl have kind of like high-waisted pants on? And that was yeah. totally yeah. kind of, yeah, that and was. there's uh, like punk, there's like, um, like punk stuff too. Yeah. I mean, it was like 90s style punk kind of. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's in there. there. And then yeah. obviously then the vampires are more, in, like, more like leather jackets and things. Like yeah. Like denim, denim jackets and stuff. And I know. It's just like a mishmash. You know, yeah. I mean, to me, if, we're, if you're going to talk about a hodgepodge, it's, it, it all goes back to one of, probably one of the songs we could talk about that's on the, the soundtrack. But they're what they're really influenced why it's a hodgepodge and you can't is because i think it's the cover of people are strange by the doors that's what they're dressing up all the vampires as mm-hmm. and the, that's what they're really doing this is just mm-hmm. that cover where it's all the kind of weird people mm, that's cool that's but that's what i was thinking because that song's in there the cover yeah that's pretty interesting i like yeah that. i like that um it was released by warner brothers pictures it did uh, 32 million gross on 8 million budget, so a pretty successful movie. Uh, you want to take it away with the summary of the of the plot? Yeah, teen sexy vampires done. Okay, but no, to one step, just one little step further. All right, teen sexy vampires, and one of the teen sexy vampires only becomes a half vampire, and it's a metaphor for um, if you're in a single parent household, like with basically a single mother you and you don't want your mom to marry uh another so basically it's saying be a single mom forever is really what the moral of the story is okay well a new family moves to town she is a single mother and they move to their grandpa in like a town of santa cruz and they're trying to find new friends and people (laughs) and the older brother makes friends with actually a misfit group they end up being vampires how many yeah yeah but how many single moms with like boys or whoever, or girls, uh, like met like a really nice guy, <laughs> like it would have been that would have been like a great father. And then those kids saw Lost Boys, and they're like, "He's a vampire." Yeah, I don't know. They probably did the dinner scene where they tested him. Like, yeah, but they might have passed the <laughs> test. But then they're like, "Oh, that guy passed the test, so let's just stab the steak." Yeah, such a thing. And then they murdered the guy. No, and the guy I was like, know. "I'm just a small business owner." I'm looking up the Lost Boy murders just to see. <laughs> yep, it happened. That was a whole separate thing. It happened in like Vermont. <laughs> no, um, that didn't happen. We're just joking. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, his younger brother kind of keeps him on the human side, and his family keeps him on the human side. And then they just figure out how to overthrow the vampires and kind of win their humanity mm-hmm. back. And yeah, there's probably what you said, but I just didn't want to, kind of wanted to get the, the raw. <laughs> the raw. But I think you can. You probably, uh, Joel Schumacher said it best. Uh, teen sexy vampires, nipples on Batman. Yep. Um, and Robin. Uh, yeah. As well. And, and were there nipples on Batgirl? Uh, Batgirl? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, if up, oh, Corrections Corner. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this Corrections Corner was good for something. Um, yeah, and I my search engine. I keep screwing up my search engine with the Louis Gossett Jr. 
you know, vagina, yeah. and now like Batgirl yeah. nipples. <laughs> yeah, Batgirl nipples. You're gonna get in some weird spots with Batgirl nipples. Um, it was filmed three weeks in Santa Cruz, California, on the coast. But they weren't calling it Santa Cruz. What were they calling it? Oh, what's that? What were they calling it? They weren't Santa Santa calling Carla. it Santa Santa Carla. They Santa Carla, yeah. Yeah, just a and little bit. That's what I thought. The original script was was the thought process was, oh, um, you know, the Lost Boys can live forever in Peter Pan, so they're vampires. Yeah. And so it was like got it. like that. And the kid and all the vampires originally were like kids, like ten you know, like ten to twelve. Mm-hmm. But then when Joel Schumacher got involved, he of course did. Yeah, teen sexy vampires. I was waiting teen for sexy vampires. I thought you were gonna come in. I did. We need yeah, teen sexy vamps. Um, but what was kind of I mean, cool no. was um, Santa Cruz, where it was filmed. I mean, it was kind of a take off that it was listed as the murder capital of the world at the time, or just before in the seventies, because there was three different serial killers that had gone through. Oh, that. so yeah, which they basic. So they're kind of they aren't really equating the Santa Clara to Santa Cruz because then they say it's the murder capital of the exactly, world. Exactly. Right? That sign yeah. was real. Okay. It was a real sign from there. Yeah. And yeah, there was three uh, serial killers, John Lin- Lindley Frazier, Herbert Mullen, and Edmund Kemper, all that uh, conducted 28 to 30 murders from 1970 to 73 in Santa Cruz. So it had a, a label already, and that's why they chose to film there, which makes it mm-hmm. kind of a little extra creepy, doesn't it? <laughs> that yeah, a little bit. History there. Now the in the town, I guess everyone loves it. You know, loves the movie, and they do a screening every Halloween or something around it, and have like a big party and celebration because of the movie being there on the boardwalk and all that. Anyway, mm-hmm. we'll go through some of the cast and characters. We said Joel Schumacher was the director. He's done. He did Flatliners, which was 1990, but still a great flick with Kiefer Sutherland as well which we'll talk about him in a minute. He did St. Elmo's yeah. Fire, which we've mentioned before in another episode because I'd watched it a few, a half a year ago back and it was just a ridiculous movie. <laughs> but yeah. People love, but people love it. Um, another great one he did was Falling Down with Michael Douglas. Maybe his best one, I would think. Almost. Okay. You know, you know that one, right? Where he yeah, yeah, that's it. That is, I mean, that's one I would do. But does that fall? That falls in nineties, right? Yeah, that's nineties. But his eighties, he didn't have much. That was the be- the greatest besides St. Elmo's Fire in this one, kind of. And God, Saint Elmo's Would you you would never do Saint Elmo since you, we had that conversation before about it being the worst movie ever? You would <laughs> never do so it, would ridiculous. you? It was just like over the top, like overacting, but that's okay. I don't know. Yeah, it can be fun. Um, and then, like we mentioned, the bad Batman. So we might as well just plug that again because yeah, yeah. Um, he but, came but, after but, uh, Tim Burton, and those were just got horrible. And I, I and what I, you realize, right? This is two years before regular Batman, before Burton does his. And then you you see in this movie at the beginning when uh, Corey Haim is talking to Feldman and the other the other brother of his they own a comic shop they're talking about Batman comics the so Batman. all that happened it's yep it's the same it's literally the same uh, you know it's Warner Brothers and then when Burton dropped out they go well that guy made that one movie uh, yeah, Lost Boys yeah. And he knew something about Batman. They talked about Batman. The movie. He's the next. Uh, and, and you look at Lost Boys and kind of there's commercial parts to it, but there's some definitely some weird parts to it. And you could look at Lost Boys and go, actually, this guy probably could make a good Batman. Looking at Lost Boys. Well, if you watch in the movies closer to the Batman is falling down with Michael Douglas. And you see that. Yeah. I mean, he got a lot of acclaim, I think, for Flatliners and Falling Down. 
even more so than Lost Boys. Yeah, all three of those movies are so awesome. Yeah. So, like, why did he make the Batman it so shit? Doesn't even like, line up at all. It's like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's like he was more. Yeah, he was a nice. He was a great. He liked Burton. He, he was probably like got pushed post. in like you still have to have some kind of style like Burton because that was so, um, like, yeah, famed that. Then he and there's the only way to go, that, yeah. But that's not his stick. And then you know hit what he did yeah. at, and all of a sudden it like got screwy, probably. But or he was just like, yeah. I mean, I think I remember hearing him say a thing, which was like, I didn't want to do what he did, the Tim Burton, because I then I'd just be a yeah. imitator. He's so he's like, he went away from he, he went back to being more like the comic books, but then that's so campy that it looks that it doesn't make and any it was, sense. It wasn't easy to do mid nineties yet. Like yeah, probably, you know, like you didn't have all the special effects to not make it just look. Kind yeah, of it's I just that it, that makes it that much more disappointing. Knowing, I mean, I knew he did this one and falling down, and I forgot he did Flatliners, which was one of my was a really this that came in between, right? No, Flatliners that, was ninety and falling down was ninety three. Oh yeah, I guess if you're yeah, that's what I mean. Okay. Yeah, um, it would have come in. Yeah, Richard Donner film. Um, but yeah, he, and that's probably what's helping he helping already, there, right? Uh, yeah, committed to Lethal Weapon. So okay. he produced, he was a producer on this, but he was supposed to direct it, but he did Lethal Weapon first. Or he, he went, yeah. um, you know, committed to that and stayed with that. And then he, so he was going to, he was going to fucking do it right as a goonie. He's probably going to do it as like a goonies. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he was. Yeah. But then he found Joel Schumacher and let him take the reins. Um, and it still worked out good, but I'm sure he helped a little bit, but teen sexy vampires. Yeah. Um, just, Oh, I thought you hit the teen sexy vampires button. Sorry. It just goes oh, off sometimes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but in in Die Hard, I'm sorry, in Lethal Weapon, um, there's a there's a marquee sometime in the movie, and it says Lost Boys on it. This year, it says Lost yes. Boys this year's hit. So a little Easter egg that's in that film between the two because of that connection. Yeah. But then you mentioned the Frog Brothers in the movie, which is which we'll get into, which is um Corey Feldman, um, and I can't remember the other guy's an actor, but it, the comic book store that still exists in um, Santa Cruz. And the uh, vampire um, comic that they give to um, Corey Haim, uh, which I forget his character's name, but he's the younger brother of the um, guy that becomes a half vampire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the whole cast signed the version of that comic and gave it to the comic book store owner. And you can go there and uh, get a picture with it and stuff, which sounds pretty cool. Like the guys were really nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so... Yeah, the lead actor is Jason Patrick, I guess you could say. He's the older mm-hmm. brother, Michael. And um, uh, this is kind of like the only movie he was in um, besides Rush. Rush, I haven't seen that one, but it's yeah. pretty good. Um, yep. And in that one, actually, Eric Clapton won a Grammy and Golden Globe for Tears in Heaven. No kidding. Yeah, just a random. But he also got a Razzie for Speed 2. Mm-hmm. Michael Pat- or Jason Patrick was the lead actor in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was also in Sleepers, which I think was pretty good. But other than that, he didn't really pan out, so to speak. But he does a great job in yeah. this movie, I think. Well, I, I always thought he was good in Sleepers because yeah. he's the kind of the straight-laced friend, yeah, right? Yeah, Sleepers, kind he's of, really good. That's what I'm saying. But other than that, yeah. it was kind of nothing there. And he, uh, he went bald, too. So I don't know if that was like in Hollywood, if that's a problem. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's just like he had like amazing hair mm-hmm. in like 87. And then, yeah, and then it, like, but yeah, out. you know, I think if you I remember looking like it was kind of thin, right, where he's got it kind of curly. So maybe it's like you bet they were the original. He kind of acts kinda... like the future Batman in this movie a little, doesn't he? A lot. Yeah. He's kind of got like yeah. voice. He's almost like Christian Bale <laughs> in, this, in this movie. <sighs> Uh, star 
I love you, Star. <laughs> um, and then we got Corey Haim. He's the younger brother of the new family that moved. Yeah, out. and uh, he's he's great in this movie. He actually got Sam, Sam and Michael, Sean and Michael. I don't know. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And uh, we've mentioned before he was in Just One of the Girls, which is like, you know, a classic, mm-hmm. classic movie. Classic. Classic, classic one we haven't seen, but I feel like we've seen it. That gets the eternal classic movie stamp. No, yeah. probably not very good. But his best movies really, I think, are Lucas. Maybe Lucas is the best, which is yeah. amazing. And uh, a lot of great cat folks in that one. License to Drive, we love. And also Dream a Little Dream. Those are probably his top. But I think everybody knows who Corey Haim is. Um, and this yeah. movie. And this movie is where he got yeah. the most acclaim. And Feldman, you got the Corys. You got both Corys, but not re- like interacting, but not really because they're kind of in different yeah, I like families. That. I like that about yeah. this movie. It was kind of something yeah. different than the other ones. But um, yeah. uh, this one in Lucas, Corey Haim got the most like, okay, you did, did a good job acting. <laughs> like, yeah. some, not major awards, but he got some lower tier awards. I think, I mean, to me, yeah, I, I think Corey Haim was probably the better actor oh, yeah. of the two. Um, I watched, uh, cause you know, now we have HBO max instead of like the HBO go yeah. and on it was meatballs Four. Yeah. <laughs> watch meatballs Four when you have a second. It's Corey Feldman. <laughs> Corey. Yeah. Corey Feldman is like supposed to be the Bill Murray character. Oh, like the cool ski instructor. Oh my God. It's amazing. Well, but the this, is, with, like, uh, hold on. Hold on. The best part. Cause we know he does it in dream a little dream. They go, they're like, and I mean, he's supposed to be like a laid back guy at a camp, like a water ski camp. That's really for like older teenagers, adults. And then all of a sudden it breaks into like when they're at the dance, what do you think it breaks into when he's like, Michael the Jackson, new, he's the kid. Yeah, but it's not right. It's like a rip. It's supposed to be black or white. It's just like, but like where it's one note off. And he starts doing it. With like my. It has no, it has no place in the movie. Uh, <laughs> it makes no sense. Whatever. And it doesn't fit with his character either, like to dance like that. And it's just like, this is awesome. Yeah, you but, know you had clout. Yeah. If you could just every time be like, well, and this is the scene where I get to dance like Michael Jackson, even in this like. Rip off of a rip off of a rip off. Yeah, yeah. but I think the drugs messed him up. Like, and so, yeah, like when he was in um, Stand by Me and Goonies, and I was thinking of one more. Yeah, he was pretty good at those. Were good. All of a sudden, he yeah, became older. He got screwed up. I think part of it was drugs. Yeah, even in this uh, movie during the filming, he had some issues where they were doing cocaine or something, and he almost got fired. Uh, from the Jeez, yeah. yeah. The, Schumacher was like, "You do any more drugs, you're out of here." And he did. He did uh, like clean up for the movie, but. That's pretty crazy when he's like 10 or 12 or something. <laughs> um, yeah, like not that old. Sutherland's yeah. pretty so that's what I mean. I guess that's what I'm saying because I, I think you're right. When they're younger, well, they didn't really meet to that middle range portion. When they're both younger, they're good. But then I think Haim kind of oh, gets a little bit better. Yeah. And then they're just like, they're kind of done. And then both all go away. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland yeah. is uh, the, uh, the head vampire. Uh, Michael. Vampire. Because. You should you should make for Halloween. Um, you should just make your uh, your like ringing tone or something. Just being Keith or so and oh, saying Michael. Yeah, I'll probably do that. I was thinking like <laughs> if I should dress up like Jason Patrick and then like have like something coming oh. off my body so it's him just going Michael right at me the whole time. 
like, like yeah. a mask of Keith Sutherland's character, like, and it's like yeah. some kind of stick thing coming off of me. So it's then that it's always just going Michael wherever I go. Maybe I could do Michael. Um, Join us, Michael. But uh, a couple other movies with him, Stand by Me, and so him and um, yeah Feldman are in that movie. Feldman. One more, yeah. uh, the guy from um, which we'll get into. I think the guy from uh, Bill and Ted's was in there too. Um, and then oh, he's in he's in Stand by Me. Oh, you know what? Never mind. It was the guy from Summer School last episode. I was yeah. Um, uh, Chainsaw and Dave. Dave, Dave. Uh, and then, okay. obviously, Keeper Southerns and Young Guns. So those were kind of his big ones. And, and he did the TV show 24, too, which became pretty popular. But um, yeah. but he does a great job. All these characters are pretty, pretty. I mean, good in this movie, don't you think? Is there anybody? Who was, like, the pretty boy vampire that was blonde? He looked almost like he was a rocker singer from the 80s. Yeah, that is that guy yeah, anything? Isn't that the guy from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? No, not, I mean he's got kind of like big eyes. I'm oh. talking. There's a guy with like a real skinny face, uh, and he looks like he's a rock the star. Guys that the guy's the other two guys didn't have okay. uh, acting chops besides that. Uh, I just I was wondering. Yeah, didn't even have a line in the whole movie. They just... Yeah, the dark hair guy didn't say anything, yeah, and then the lighter haired guy he had a scene where he said something and it got cut or a couple of scenes. Yeah. So he ended up having. I mean, I, I just asked about both those guys. They both look like they're rock star guys, but they were probably just like model dudes yeah. who looked the part. And then Schumacher just hit the uh, yeah. teen sexy, sexy, vampire. sexy vampire. vampire button. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and then we have Jamie Gertz. She was the um, star. Oh She's shit! Girl. I don't want to. Do we say it? I don't have any spoilers. She's a girl that hangs out with the Lost Boys. I'll just put it that way. Um, what are you saying spoiler about? Michael falls in love with her. What you, it's not like we freaking, we don't like reviewing the movie. What you, I don't know. Spoiler what? Different parts of the movie. I don't want to spoil too much. Some people have, what? Some people probably haven't seen it in a while and they go back and they're like, oh, surprise. Um, I, but she's not really a vampire, right? I don't think she is. She was, wasn't she? They never show her vamped out. I'm pretty sure she is, but never mind. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Well, the little... Well, I'm not going to say. The little kid Damn is... It, okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, keep moving. Uh, she... Why is it a spoiler from a movie in 1987 to know the little boy that's like a creepazoid turns into a vampire? Gertz, the one that she was in that was great, we've mentioned before, is Quicksilver with Kevin Bacon, the bike... Um, yeah, like delivery movie where they're delivering drugs actually. But she's to me, in this one, in this one where she's star, like a hippie chick, Santa Cruz, Santa Clara. I don't know. I don't know if you get much more. Uh, do I leave my wife for Jamie Gertz than this oh, one? Going for it. He's doing the. I mean, the award. It's either it's either her her or one of the two guys who doesn't say anything that's oh, in the last. I thought place. you were maybe go Kiefer Sutherland just because. I mean, just to just just to yeah from that All year. Right, we'll stamp it. Jamie Gertz. Yeah, Jamie Gertz is your Patrice Award. <laughs> I mean, that's too. I mean, really, it's Michael. Let's be yeah, honest. That's what I was going to say. He's the star of the show there. <laughs> um. Okay, where were we? Okay, yeah. So, Maybe like a three, like a threesome with them. And then just like yeah, the other Lost Boys are like... Though. Just like how you did okay. that with summer school. <laughs> did I really shit? Um, okay, uh, Jamie Gertz, though. Oh, Joel Schumacher. I think the role is written for like a blonde girl. Like, you know, 
surfer mm-hmm. chick, like you were saying, like more uh, stereotypical with blonde hair and all this stuff. And I can't remember yeah. what I'm looking at, but I think it was Jason Patrick or one of the actors had worked with her in another movie, and so they they like recommended her, and then she got pulled into the fold, which was good because uh, she mm-hmm. was, like we said, every character in here was good. I can't say that anybody was necessarily bad in this movie. Maybe the grandpa was like a little. He still did a good job. Was like. A little, no, I liked him. What was he like in? What else was he in? I don't know. I don't have his info. I didn't do everybody. And then we got um, yeah. Corey Feldman. We mentioned him. So he's in Gremlins, which we talked about earlier, which is a good one. Goonies, mm-hmm. we mentioned, which is amazing. And uh, Stand By Me are kind of his good mm-hmm. movies. I mean, he's also in. Watch, I watched Stand By Me or like watched it, meaning it's just on in the background on like Monday. <laughs> he's also in License to Drive and Dream Little Dream, but. I don't know what it is, but when Dreyfus starts just narrating, I can't help myself. Mouth? There's just Mouth a... and Goonies. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. His voice is great. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful mouth. Voice over. Beautiful mouth. Um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. He's probably most... It was 1959. It was 1959, and... Oregon. Probably most known for Goonies, I would think. Anyway, and then Dreyfus. What? <laughs> or you mean Dreyfus? Because yeah, he was wasn't he C three PO and Goonies? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Alex Winter is the guy from Bill and Ted's, and he's in the Lost. Yeah. And then uh, Kelly Joe Minter's in there, but uh, her scenes were deleted where she had talking parts as well. And she works. She works. Yeah. Uh, which was Max, she? The, the the Max, the guy that's interested in the um, the mom, Diane West. She uh-huh. works at his store. Oh and yeah. So now in the movie, we just kind of yeah. see her standing at the front, and she's like, it's kind of weird because they like have the camera on her, but then they delete the scenes where she talks. So it's like, it seems like she's gonna do something, and then she's just like, not moving. No, yeah. Nothing. <laughs> what was she from? I she forget. Was in summer school. Sorry. Yep. So she was in summer school last episode. She was the. Uh, girl that had dyslexia and needed the um oh got it yeah yeah oh i remember now yeah i do yeah anyway i did that yeah because she was in the last movie <laughs> yeah people and, and yeah and i forgot yeah and you go like oh hey it's the girl from summer school if you would watch it later on and it's like oh nope nothing well that's kind of the summary of the movie and the people there's i mean there's a cast of a few more characters and they're all really great uh do a great job like nothing seems fake in it throughout the movie with most of the action yeah I think it was pretty well done um what else to say I, like this is one we saw always growing up too for some reason i guess because it's even though it's r it's not like too too violent necessarily yeah i what is it r for Plus, well i think you're thinking like they would play it on like tvs or something because it was easy to edit out the more things where they actually like kill some of the people Oh, that's because it was gory, yeah. right? Like, it got kind of gory. Punk group, and they like they're like yeah. Like, when they kill those, I remember that. Yeah, that felt. We were talking about like Tales from the Crypt. I remember that. That felt like a Tales from the Crypt style, where they're just like showing them like ripping their yeah. limbs off and eating yeah, them and so stuff. It's, yeah, it's easy. it was easy with TBS, so just to cut out that extra whatever that part, and just like show Michael's yeah. face and make the, show the sounds, so you knew they were like killing them, you know. And just like keep yeah. it on Michael's face watching instead of showing the details. Yeah, it's interesting that yeah, interesting that they did that because you'd think they would have got a wider audience, and like you're not losing anything necessarily because it's not there's not like a lot of cussing, there's not really a lot of like what was the thing to be like let's make it gory. I don't know. Interesting. I think uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. You'd have to ask Joel Schumacher, but he probably wanted it at the time. He probably wanted it to be cool and be rated R and just like go over the top yeah. of a few of those parts and be like, this isn't just like a little kid's movie. You know, this is yeah. a teen sexy vibe. Adult. Yeah, this is team sexy violence. So eat shit, Richard Donner. I know you're the producer, but I'm the fucking director but I now. I think we always loved this movie growing up. Um, I, I don't know what it's yeah. like. The brothership, the brothers like sticking together. Maybe the brothers, yeah. Because even like as as Michael turns into a vampire, he's yeah. still like trying he's to help scared, him. But then he like the brother love comes through, and you know the whole yeah. thing of still keeping yeah. him on the human side. And there's it's funny. There's and let's yeah, we didn't really talk about that. Are heroes like the Frog Brothers? And <laughs> yeah, it's like there's funny parts, and there's still some scary parts. And- it- yeah, and let's be, and we're, I mean, we say the metaphor of the the stepdad. You don't want a stepdad. You're like fuck stepdads. They gotta not trust stepdads. Uh, uh, also, let's just be honest. It's also because why are they teens and vampires? And they're like going, you know, the Diane Weist even sort of like in kind of references it or. Uh, when she she's like talking to them like oh he's going through changes yeah. you know even though Michael obviously already looks like a thirty five yeah. year old but like Bunch it's supposed to be different. you could tell that's from like a different version of the script where yeah it's they're the the vampire is like them going I think through puberty the other thing as a kid as you like about it too and even I mean as an adult but one of the things that appealed to was like they had like free reign with the single parent and like I don't say that's like just true for single parents but like. The film theme of the movie was like the kids went all over the place once they got to the new town. So it was like, I bet subconsciously you're like, this is awesome. You like go to this new town. It's got like a cool party boardwalk. You could just go do whatever you want. <laughs> like, you know, in yeah. the 80s, there was less helicopter parenting, too. So we did some of that. But it was just like a cool scene to do it in in this movie. You know? And so you mm-hmm. probably like that part, too. Well, should we get into the soundtrack? Yeah. Or do you want to see? Yeah, I mean, this, let's, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. This is another one where you go, oh, this wasn't that great. And then you, like, listen to it again. You're like, okay, this is pretty good stuff. This is, again, I know we've had ups and downs, differences between the two. To me, this is pretty balanced. To, I don't know where no, you yeah, are at. But against my, recolle- my, like, recollection of the movie and then the, the soundtrack itself, these are on par. And we're ta- I think we're talking seven-eighths in, in, in that range. Yeah. No, it's a good one, and it's going to be fun to break into. Uh, total, 45 minutes, 10 tracks, um, Atlantic Records. Um, just a side note, Thomas Newman wrote the score, which we're not going to get into that. Um, but yeah. uh, he actually did the score for Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. pretty I knew that. He was award-winning, cause he, and he also did Real Genius, Gung Ho, American Beauty, Shawshank Redemption. So uh, yep. pretty good uh, – resume and like four of those movies we love and have already talked about so just a little side note so so for what if we did for 12th episode uh newman's score of revenge of the nerds (laughs) oh yeah that'd be crazy that'd be that'd be interesting who knows who knows we like easter egg the place so revenge of the nerds um all right so we get into the songs you want to just kick it off uh sure hard and fast let me tell you oh shit like okay 
Hey, who comes hard and fast to get sexy vampires? (laughs) Stop! Michael! Anything else but each other's name? Michael! Stop! Michael! Michael! Pretty yep. good starter track. Um, not totally 80s yep. necessarily. I feel like I feel like it sounds like a rock song no. in the 90s, but it's by an 80s. It 80s, is. I mean, typical 80s band, right? Wouldn't you say? NXS. So mm-hmm. NXS and Jimmy Barnes. Yeah. The song was called "Good Times," and this is like one of the only. See, songs, there was this one of the to me that charted. It was number two on the Australian charts because. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. It's a great song. So just this soundtrack in general, right? I never got this is like this goth rock era groups. I, that's kind of why I kind of think of them, where it was like, but it's not. They, they called it goth rock, but it's not. It's pretty poppy. Yeah, a lot of it. Um, and I just didn't get. I, I mean, we were too young to. I don't know that like we were into. We just weren't into it because we were at that age. We were still liking way more of the poppy stuff. Like we we're super poppy stuff. Um, but it's about as close when we would listen to these songs. Uh, and so I, I always will remember this. This I never got into like NXS or they're not on here, but there's songs, there's bands that sound like the Pesh Mode or, you know, some of this, that, that late eighties goth rock is really well represented on the soundtrack. So if you like want to get it, that's what I was saying. It's like, it's a sampler of that. What were we talking about last time that the summer school was like a sampler of that um of that particular label this to me felt like a a sample of that era because there was only a very specific demographic that wanted that like liked Uh that you know what i mean and it was like the goth girls and some of their guys and none of it's that bad i just never like super got into it you never like got into one band or something so i go like i love this band but there are people that are probably a little bit older than us that are like this is a joke because it doesn't really represent it. it but to me, this is what does. This represent uh, it. song played uh, in the movie when Michael was first meeting Star, and they're kind of like doing a mini kind of yes. date thing, and this came on, and it. Uh, was- That's why he's like everybody, everybody groove, groove yep. with me, Star. But in excess, a lot of people from Australia, new wave pop group. Uh, everybody knows their song "Need You Tonight." That's probably their most popular one. It always gets played with like '80s best songs type. Of 
This is a cover mm-hmm. of the Easy Beats, which is also an Australian group, and they had guy um, guy named Jimmy Barnes from Australia that they knew do the song with them. And if you look through an excess okay. too, they are in Crocodile Dundee soundtrack, and also mm-hmm. licensed the Drive soundtrack as well, with a couple different hits. So they're no strangers so they got some to, good the, stuff. to the soundtracks, uh, ultimately. But does that does does my summation of the soundtrack sound right to you? Like thinking about it holistically, like and then talk about it a little more instead of breaking it down too much right off the bat. But it was a nice, (laughs) this is a nice kickoff track for sure. Don't you think? Uh, Gets you kind of pepped up for the movie. It makes me want to like shake my goth butt. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, none of these. This one for sure doesn't sound like a goth track necessarily, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. No, in excess was the poppy side yeah. of that, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah, because they had dark songs. Any... So, but this one's really good. So, this was a cover yeah, a you're cover saying, ultimately, group called the Easy Beats that had uh, were kind of successful okay. in Australia, but not outside Australia. Yeah. So it's almost like that's throw this on there, and they're like, "Okay, we're going to get our buddies yeah, some royalties much, yeah. by doing this on this." I think soundtrack. so, and yeah. they probably like the track, honestly, from growing up with it or something, or you know, it, you know, live yeah. a bunch of times or whatever. So, yeah, I think it was a good, good choice. Yeah, it's and good. It's, it works in the movie, and it works here to kind of kick off the soundtrack. Three minutes and fifty-two seconds. Um, and what else? Who who's against the good time? I don't think anybody. Not the mm-hmm. Lost Boys. Not at all. That's why how Michael gets sucked nope. in because even though they're creepy AF as fuck, they're still mm-hmm. like fun as hell to hang out with. <laughs> Hanging from- Who doesn't want to I mean, that's the, that's the problem for Michael, right? right? You know? Yeah. yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone wants to. Listening to NXS? Come on. NXS loves that. They do it all the time. <laughs> NXS is just like NXS will just friggin' hang from railroad like uh, bridges with just like their from their dicks. Uh, They're fucking Australian. They don't they give a shit. With him, Jimmy Barnes. We call this an we call this an Aussie Wozzy. We gotta do Crocodile Dundee now. I'm getting very. That's getting me very. <laughs> hey, Michael! Michael, come down! It's me from the guy from NXS. I'm doing all the worthy. The goal of this I'm, movie is to. I'm hanging upside down from a crank rack from my team. Just kidding. Did I say deek? Because in Australia we call them koalas. The podcast was through the whole twelve episodes to like basically do crocodile Dundee. But um, <laughs> um, Jimmy Barnes, the guy that does this with him, he was in a band called Cold Chisel, Australian pub rock band. So kind of just tied to them because of Australia, I guess, or something, or touring over there. So not mm-hmm. much more to that, really. And he didn't have much more than this uh, that I could find. But yes, and Santa Clara, Santa Cruz has kind of an Australian flavor to it, right? There's like it's all deserty yeah, beach town. Yeah. So I mean, surfing yeah. going on. Who knows?
That was Say hello one. to my night. <laughs> Say hello to Keither. He's lost in the old resort. That was a bit more eighties feel to it, don't you think? Yeah, booch, booch, booch. That makes me feel like, like I want that just made me want to be like the guy in the studio, like the recording studio, and all I'm doing is just like bobbing my head. <laughs> no, like, I would have yeah, or like uh, the when Rick James like Yes, Eddie, you know, like that style. Like Yeah, yeah! Bring it up, bring it up. This song, I want to be that. For some reason, it got me doing that. I wanted to be that guy. Like, it doesn't matter what band was in there. I just, like, was nodding my head to it. Like, but this was... um. We got it! We got the take, guys! We got... The track is 636. It's called Lost in the Shadows, and it's by Lou Graham. Lou Graham was the lead singer of Foreigner, which is a great band. Yeah. Um, And I think most people know Foreigner, but they had... One tidbit about them is their first eight singles cracked the Billboard Top 20. Mm. They were the first band to do that since the Beatles, which is crazy. It is. Where are they from? Uh, shoot, I didn't write that down. It was in the States, but I can't remember. Yeah. Maybe it was just like New York, and that's why I didn't write it down or something. Yeah. Like some <laughs> boring something different. Didn't yeah. Dad had Foreigner album? Didn't he have a Foreigner album? Foreigner, yeah. I can't remember yeah. the album I've got. I got the first one, I think, that yeah. had all the... Cold as ice. Um, what's the other one? Um, just died in your arms tonight. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, uh, double vision. A few others. They're all pretty good tracks, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, yeah, this is this is why I like. We're saying '87. That last one felt a little bit more. Yeah, little like, bit. Uh, yeah. This is more '80s here, like with the mm-hmm. drum the production and the other production. Yeah. And the um, multiple layered vocals, like mm-hmm. in the chorus, kind of thing. But then it's like, but what part of it is not '80s? Is like, why is it six minutes long? <laughs> it doesn't say much more than "Say Hello to the Night, Lost in the Shadows" about a million times. I'm sorry, is it not? I died in your arms tonight. So I'm, I want to know what love is. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Being for a girl like you, those are the two. Um, but you're here. Like, why is it six minutes long? This song, that song didn't need to be six minutes I don't, long. Yeah, I forget. I went through it earlier, but I, you know, I don't remember exactly why. But that is well, that's, well, that's the problem with the song. If it was like three, it would have been perfect. But yeah. it's six, and you, I, when I was listening to the soundtrack, I'm going, I know we have the award for biggest intro, but it's like, okay, it, it doesn't really change that much. And no. then, and so then you're just like. Okay, I like that beat in the beginning, the boosh, boosh, and then it's just like, but then it just goes on for six minutes. So they don't do any variation, so it can't yeah. have Willie Hutch long intro award from yeah. Last Dragon because Willie Hutch's long intro was like unbelievably creative with yeah so many different things happening. We can't. I mean, so this is the new. This is the foreigner award for not changing the something. No variation. Stubborn award or something. Yeah, <laughs> like they wouldn't. Um, I don't know if I know where this one is in the flick. Um, they probably just like walk in somewhere and it's like say yeah. hello to the night. But the thing is, it's hard to, I mean, they kick all the soundtrack song in there and, and the movie a ton of spots, but sometimes it's hard to distinguish because they've got it. Uh, so the volume so lowered when they're like on the boardwalk all the time, you know, um, Yeah. you know, with all the people doing different games and stuff, they've got that. That. And it's just like playing in like a yeah. in like a carny stall. The people jumped up so much, and the tracks 
jump down lower, it's hard to distinguish a little bit when you get into all those scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, no, I think it's so. It's supposed to just give you the flavor anyway. So, yeah. Anything else about Foreigner or Lou Graham? Do you, do you remember listening to that? <sighs> Not really. Uh, no. I mean, I like those songs. Uh, again, those are, I, I, I don't like love Foreigner, I guess. I guess I should. You could love the craft of those songs, but I don't love those songs. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I like this. I, I and again, like I like this. I like the. I like this. I, so I'm not even disparaging the song. I really like it. Yeah, All I'm saying is it needs to be half as long. You're right. It should be three forty, and it would have yeah. been. Perfect. That would have been a perfect track. Uh, yeah, as a track too. Not yeah. as perfect because because mm-hmm. of the length, but. So yeah, if uh, so, you guys get the. What could you do? I guess with the vinyl, I don't know what you could do to just like skip over it or something. Fill the cracks after four minutes or something. Yeah, record or something. <laughs> I mean, if it's a record, yeah, yeah. If we if we got the audio, we just cut it off at three forty. Yeah, I guess you could just walk over and change it yourself, but yeah, it's not as cool as if you like rigged it up to like fill in the wax or something. <laughs> <laughs> like the ultimate thing against foreigner, we don't like. <laughs> You like burn, well, yeah. Actually, you burn uh, a, a Kiefer Sutherland sexy um, teenage vampire candle wax in there. It's pretty crazy. I don't have any other movies in here for Foreigner, but you think they would be in, and it. But yeah, but maybe it's just using those songs. Movies. Yeah, those songs are in other movies. There's no well, way maybe they're not. I didn't put it in because it wasn't like they're doing soundtrack songs. Other yeah. Know, that it they yeah they use a song. I don't usually say the movie if it's just like they use one of their famous songs over and over because that gets in it. That's stupid, yeah. you know. Versus because that. then it's just like Crimson and Clover over and over. Mm-hmm. Crimson and Clover. That wasn't in the movie, was it? Mm-hmm. It was. But... It's the part where Michael was like, "Stop!" <laughs> oh, so the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. Um, well, maybe we'll do that later, but the ending of this movie is so great to talk about. We need to do a little bit of discussion. Maybe we'll do that more when we're at the end of the soundtrack. I'm recording this from the basement, and like next to Elliot's guitar and his little amp is like this stick that he obviously found probably outside. But it literally looks like a. It's got like a. It's got like a point at the end. It looks like a stake. I'm like, is he like finding sticks to come kill me? <laughs> he thinks I'm a vampire. Yeah, well, Carlos in an outdoor camp, and they taught him how to whittle sticks, and he loves it. He's there's all these like sharp stakes, like, like lost boys around. I'm like, oh, shit. did you watch this in the background? I know you're watching this, and that's why you're making these giant stakes, like that, or like I mean, the other montage where they're making stakes. Yeah, like the guys. I mean, we said Monster Squad, but probably Monster Squad and the Frog Brothers and Corey Haim could do like a sweet ass movie together, like throwing a couple of the like throwing a couple of the Goonies. Or a tour, they could do a tour like uh, Gallagher and Winslow. Yeah. <laughs> Monster Squad and Monster Squad Goonies and, and uh, Frog Boys. Brothers. That'd be an Lost awesome Boys. Tour. Oh, actually, it'd be pretty depressing. Yeah, it'd just be like really sad <laughs> to see. How... They Patrick... could recast it. They could recast it. I mean... Patrick just Jason Patrick just comes out bald, but now he's got like a wig on, so he looks yeah, like Michael. Depressed, like and screwed up.
We got another cover. This one's a little mm-hmm. song's a little more well known. It's um yeah, but it's our buddy Roger Daltrey again. Mm-hmm. Uh he was also in Secret of My Success, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the track and I forget the other one, the movie he was act we actually did he was in. But um I guess the secret of his success is ending up doing soundtrack songs all the time. Yeah. Because he does quite a few. Um, the songs don't let the sun go down on me, like a slowed down version. Like, um, how would you describe it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what mellow, it is. Mellow, more mellow. Yeah, mellow. Which is good. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like the mellow version of what did we, who didn't we do? Like the My Love Open the Door versus, yeah, the two yeah. different versions. Yeah, something so like, it's like that. that. Which is kind of yeah. cool to have this kind of alternate thing in the track. But Yeah, but, I, forgot, yeah I mean, that, they do have a lot of that on here, don't they? I forgot, yeah. yeah. Um, Roger Daltrey of The Who, if I'm correct, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know if this is in the movie or like just in the credits or something, and I miss where it was. But obviously, they must have chosen Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me because of vampires needing to mm-hmm. be in the dark or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or something. So it's, it's fine. It's, it's good. That's pretty yeah. neat. And then, yeah, so it's pretty neat. And it's third track. We know with third tracks, we're not looking for much in our history so far Mm-mm. we've had some good ones that have been surprises but a lot of times the third track is like <laughs> yeah can be way down there was to be down i think this is fine smelling it out you had the because the first two yeah are very rocky pump yeah. up so you gotta bring it down i think they this brought it down great if it was in the movie and like out of nowhere when they're preparing to fight the vampires like it just became like a music video of michael like you know, mm-hmm. like wind blowing and water like blowing mm-hmm. on him, and he was just like singing to his his brother and star and stuff. <laughs> but then he was dressed up like the Who from Who's yeah. the Who from the sixties, like, you know, singing the song to them, and it was like the whole song six minutes long, and just like didn't make sense in the, that part. I wonder if that's cut out of the movie and that that does exist. That'd be pretty great to find. Yeah. Oh, uh, Roger. Raj, I know. What's he doing here? Yeah, uh, sold himself out so much or something. I mean, but the Who were a sellout band from the beginning, so it just is what it is. Yeah, you know, I don't think he probably didn't intend to make bad music. Like, no, (laughs) I mean, nobody sets out to make. (laughs) It wasn't like. I mean, he's doing a good song. Yeah. No, I mean, he was trying. Yeah. I guess it just some of the stuff didn't always work. Yeah, but it's just it's yeah you're expect so we got two songs and so I'm yeah I was you know I'm getting I'm getting after Lou a little bit on that second one still a better track than this one and then yeah you know In Excess is starting it off that song's everywhere so interesting 
And uh, well, like you said too, it's this is um, kind of a, a decent amount around all over the map. But that's mm-hmm. what kind of makes it fun too, compared to the movies. Like yeah. you don't know what the heck's happening. You don't know if you're. Noodle- <clears throat> but there's a gloom. There's a gloominess to all of it. I don't know. Or yeah, yeah there's gloom, there is. There's like a, a tinge or a tint to it, a fringe yeah. to it. Um, and a fringy tinge, a fringy, tinge. A fringy tingy, fringy tingy teenage <laughs> sexy vampire. Fringy fringe. You don't know if your worms are worms. I mean, your noodles are noodles, or your noodles are noodles are worms or worms. You don't know if your fried rice or maggots. Oh yeah. Or oh, fried rice. I mean, let's be honest. That is the hook. They, they did that before hook. To me, that's like hook, right? A little bit. What? What are you saying? That scene because it's like the like the oh, where hook. Yeah, you're right. Because they do the food. It's thing. like, yeah. Hey, look! It's that. It's really there. Yeah. I mean, it's got a different style, but it's there's some similarities. What if you just went to like a homeless shelter and told them to imagine their food. <laughs> What if what if they did the maggot part yeah. and William then Williams is just like goes off and he's like maggots what are maggots real real hey maggots oh they're so gross yeah I'm a maggot now I love to fuck I love to fuck now pretend pretend the air in that bowl is jello <laughs> have a good night <laughs> and then Winslow's off to the side like doing all the. I mean, that is one of the things I wanted to think about more was just the connection to Peter Pan and how these characters would relate. But I think it goes pretty far out there to kind of tie them together once they made them teens and stuff, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, yeah. The mom it's just like... I guess Star could be Wendy, I guess. Yeah, Star's, I think, Michael's Wendy. Michael's Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. Because I say Michael. Um, because it, uh... Who's Hook? Maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, yeah, his name is... His name's David, right? Essentially. Yeah. Is his name David? Yeah. To me, like, that's the whole thing, right? It got very religious. They got they all have like those two have religious yeah. style names. Yeah. So there's something there. Like he's a, an angel. He's the king, David. Uh, yeah. Star and like the star of David. Yeah, they're probably that's probably what they did. Stuff like that. But I don't even think yeah. they say the names of the other gang guys ever. <laughs> and, mute, and, and mute man <laughs> he was a buddhist bartholomew yeah corinthians, corinthians? yeah they, they yeah, i whatever they did in that yeah i'm sure there was probably more time one line and he cut him out of the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> he just said the actually he, at the end he just said that this is the end Oh, this is oh. a um, <laughs> good one. Good dad joke there. Thank you. All right, let's keep moving into it. Shout it out. 
got our boys mm-hmm. in excess again. With his yep. air boy, Jimmy Barnes, coming back, laying down a pretty raspy track called Laying Down the Law. This is now, is this an ANXS original? Yeah, as far as I know. I didn't see anything yeah. where it was uh, where it said otherwise. Yeah, so not, nice. I mean, not a bad soundtrack track. Pretty good. Mm-mm. Another kind of grooving song. Mm hmm. Why why was why was Schumacher in love with NXS in eighty seven? Because they were big. They just hired them. They're a bigger band, so they did a couple tracks. Do they have any more than this one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. I think just two, right? So mm-hmm. I think that was kind of a thing, a little bit, you know. Uh, if you got a medium or bigger sized group, you probably had a couple tracks with them or something yeah. in the comp. You know, I don't know how that worked out, but um Fourth track kind of brings it back up, but not as um, this one's like kind of really poppy almost, isn't it? It doesn't yeah. really have like the feel of the other ones. Like the first one was a little bit poppy, mm-hmm. but still had kind of a like we said, tingy fringe. It's rough, yeah. Even it's got well, it's if it had a little chisel and grizz on it. Yeah, and the, this one's uh, just um, yeah, this one's a little bit more poppy. I don't know what laying down the law has to do with the movie. There's not really any law. Oh, at the beginning, the best thing they have is there's like a, a security guard at the boardwalk that um, like kicks the Lost Boys out of the Ferris wheel ride because they're picking on this couple, punk Scott. Oh, yeah. And then they go and like eat his ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, movie style. Um, yeah. Out by the car when he goes out to his car. But there's not really, is there any other, lo- that's, that is- fun fact, when Cindy Lauper made the song that says, good enough. And they, you know, the, the, in the middle, he goes, goodies, goodies. She actually made that from Ghoulies. It was about good enough. You're good, good enough to eat your ass. <laughs> not, and then it went, goodies, goodies, goodies. Shoot, now I lost my chain of thought again. Well, my point was this. I think they did it on purpose because it was supposed to be like a lawless, because probably tying to the serial killers in the murder cabin. Yeah. It's like a lawless place, you know, um, to an extent. And NXS is like, NXS is the sheriff with Jimmy. They're like, like the they're coming brothers, in and laying down the law. The brothers ended up being the law, and they took they took yeah. the law in their own hands. Uh, them and, and Sam and uh, Michael took the law law in their own hands to, uh, you know, overcome the Lost Boys. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we went through everything with uh, in excess, so we won't repeat that. And um, yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I, I feel like some of the the ones at the back end, they, which is an interesting style. See, I think you kick it off with a couple, and then you, they're like, they kind of backload it a little yeah, bit on this one. In excess, they probably had to put them up to the front, and then yeah. the tracks weren't the strongest, but they were still yeah. decent. And then you think about. I think the first one's great. This one's okay. The the adultery one's eh. Excess foreigner and the who. So you had to probably put them at the front. (laughs) Yeah. So they won. Yeah. But but they're not the strong. Like in hindsight, they're not. Those aren't the strongest parts of this soundtrack. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Which is that would probably be the most. I think that's the most different thing about it. Probably from a lot of the ones that we've done. Right. This on in vinyl would be a nice nice day to be. Listening mm. to all these tracks so far, just having it fun. Throw this on, just yeah. just put on Lost Boys as like the soundtrack as you give out, like not give out candy, but you just slide it down. Yeah, the gutter uh, or the pipe. 
just and then like some of the dads will just who are drinking with you know out of their yeah, mugs to try to look like they don't have kind of a little tippy of the old chipperoo. They're just gonna <laughs> just go. Oh, what if your what if your t-shirt just said uh, <laughs> frizzy? What were just saying? Uh, fringy, tingy, fringy, tingy. I'm just gonna find the youngest kid every time and chuck can all the candy for any amount of kids right at that kid, <laughs> and then just apologize. Fringy, tingy, teenage, sexy vampire. I'll just be like, oh, you should have held up your basket higher. Sorry. Yeah, what the hell's wrong? Sorry you about your that. Kids, how to do social distancing Halloween, please? <laughs> <laughs> Because I just threw this baby roof at your kid's head as hard as I could. Giant candy bars from like the It's Sugar store that's like 20 feet long. Like kills the kid. Kills the three-year-old. Their legs are all out of it like the Wicked Witch of the West. Could you teach your kids how to trick-or-treat, please? All right, should we keep moving on? Yeah, I don't know. What's yeah. Like. I don't, uh, again, I don't know where that one's in the movie, but I'm sure it's in there somewhere. They, they weave pretty much all of these in there. Um, yeah. That track was grooving, though, I would say. And they actually have uh, Groovin' by the Rascals is in the movie as well. Is it, but just yeah, not on the soundtrack? There's another one you mentioned, which we'll probably talk about later, that's in there that's uh, in the movie that's not on the track or on the soundtrack. Yeah. But uh, they play that when they're uh, driving into town or, or uh, road traveling to mm-hmm. the new town and they're uh, mm-hmm. fiddling through the radio and that comes on. And that was in uh, – was that in – um, Three Men and a Baby soundtrack, I think we had. So mm-hmm. I think I so. so. Yeah. Another cover, another, another cover, another cover from a brother. It obviously mother. fits pretty well for the movie. People are strange. Um, actually, this one recorded by Echo and the Bunnymen, which they're a great mm-hmm. group. Door, loving that they their homage to the Doors. Yep, and this one gets pretty. That one's pretty creepy. Um, it's pretty. I guess it's, de- it's a decent amount different from the original track, isn't it? When you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, to some extent, I mean, yeah, it's pretty um, on par, but it's already a weird song, so it's hard to like make it. Yeah, different. it's almost like they try to straighten this out a little bit or something in the way that. Yeah, that's. And that, uh, that's, that's I think that's the only way you could go with it. Yeah. Like the irregularity in the original, but it's still pretty good. <clears throat> um, actually, the- my love, my love. I like my love hate with the doors is because I loved them so much that I'm now ashamed of how much I loved them. So I kind of hate myself for loving them that much. Yeah, That's just sort of where I sit with it. I mean, I don't know why you shouldn't be that upset with yourself. 
A lot of people like him. Kinda, because in hindsight, you look at like I, I, I can't remember what it was, and I now I totally agree with it. It's just like he's not just a he's not a poet; he's just a drunk. And you're like, yeah, there's a little bit of that in all of this, but I mean, there's some points of beauty, but. Uh, yeah, that's where I think the goth part of all of this, right? This is track five. It sits right in the middle. And then you've got, yeah, you've got Echo and the Bunnymen um, who are kind of in that zone doing a Doors cover. And then there's there's a Doors-esque kind of vibe, I think, to the whole movie and the and whole soundtrack. Soundtrack, yeah. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, especially with this, obviously, but other tracks too kind of sets the tone a bit but not not directly too mm-hmm. much, you know, um, into it. Yeah. And um, some different things tied to the movie here is um, you, there's a Jim Morrison poster in the Lost Boys cave. You can see that. Yeah. And then in, the, in Sam's room, he's got a poster of Echo and the Bunnymen as well. So there. And this track yeah. plays when they actually get into Santa Clara the first time. And you're seeing mm-hmm. like the sign that says murder capital of the world and seeing different parts of the town yeah. as they're coming into town, which kind of also sets the tone um, for the scene or the setting, so to speak. And um, mm-hmm. what else? Uh, Echo and the Bunnymen. Um, we could talk about them. A lot of people know their song Lips Like Sugar is kind of mm-hmm. a little bit more poppy song, you could say, that people knew. Yeah. But Killing Moon is the one that a lot of people love that maybe don't know as much about and it's kind of like um more of a um, mellow dark track that doesn't really feel like an 80s song kind of when you listen to it you know um gothic mm-hmm. gothy i guess you could say yeah. kind of has a tone like this and that's probably yeah. why they picked them yeah. to do this track is because of that song and that killing moon i think so in a ton of movies even up to today because it's kind of a somewhat timeless track the way it's done mm-hmm. you've heard that one yeah, the um, yeah, I think what I always think of too uh, is just what if this just and I know we said why they put who they put at the front, but like what if you if you could flip it like it's like this is number one, you know, and then go down through what we're gonna go through. Yeah, I think I would have. You get a you almost get you almost like get you get a reset right. You almost get a reset right here. I think here. I would put this as number one, just like they did somewhat in the flick. Just, just yeah, in the movie, the yeah. Mix in one of the the best ones somewhere like three or four. Um, but this is there could be like a brilliance to the fact that it's just like that it's, it's a little hidden, right? It's hidden in the middle by kind of a a pretty cultish style band yeah, so. doing who was a cultish style band's song that got popular. So you know, there's I think there's there's also genius to it. But it's just interesting because I feel like from here going forward, you get a little bit of a reset. Yeah. On the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on any good li- favorite lines from the movie? Just a random. Oh. I think we already um, said maybe just saying all the names is the best part. So if they're saying all the names, I mean, obviously I'm having fun doing that. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Frog have a couple uh, lines. But I yeah, I mean, they're like. They're he died, but so good. I don't know. He's like, what else does he say? Like, uh, uh, um, they're just the like. Grandpa, I mean, they're talking the when those th- when those three together, they're talking like kids. Like it could be Goonies again because they're just being kids. Uh, and I can't remember all the, the things that they said. Has but a good lines too. 
Oh yeah, like I mean, yeah, the line, the last line, right? Yeah. Like the one thing I've always hated about Santa Clara, the damn vampires yeah. or whatever. Like, and it all comes full yeah. circle. Like everybody always, like everyone always knew, but they lived with it. Yes, because mostly the vampires just ate bad people, <laughs> like ate like assholes. So yeah, they're they like, okay, fun. cool. It was the well, yeah. and the punk ska group yeah. or something. Battling, yeah, battling yeah. gang or their nemesis people, gang yeah. kind of thing. That was like the the the, the truth. That's like, like the, the whatever kind of like the uh, hidden, yeah, like the hidden handshake between the community and the vamp and like Max and the vampires. Like you can be vampires here, just like Only kill bad people and the security guard for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And um, this new family, you're okay to make them all into vampires. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but other than that, because we don't know that, that we're not like it. for the song i can't cry for it it's just too amazing after hearing it right now fucking shit this is the best this is the reason we picked this movie for sure probably out of this soundtrack song it's probably oh my god it's on whatever rushmores we have i swear to god it's gotta say it's the best um uh like halloween horror soundtrack song right of all i mean i i Every time I hear it, I can't. This is one I'm not turning it off. I'm not turning it off if it comes on. It's not the best 80s soundtrack song of all time. Oh my God, you're putting it up there? I mean, it is so fucking good. I'm putting it up there until, you know, we think about the other soundtracks we've done and say if any one of them is better or we do other ones and say any of them are better. I mean, what what could you say of all the ones we've done is better than this song? Now, I know you're going to want to say party all all night party for Mm -hmm. the nerds, but (laughs) man, I can see that, but I don't think an 80s wise, that song is as good as this. This Yeah, but it's just different vibes. It's different vibes, but but this is so 80s. It's like so amazing. 
the choir, the children's choir. I don't know the the intro. They had the long intro, um, or decently long intro. Holy um, shit! Yeah, I don't. We don't even need to listen to the rest of the soundtrack. This thing's fucking done. Night. Yeah, night. <laughs> we're out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it, it's just so. Again, that's what I'm saying. It's it's this when they reset with people are strange and then they hit this. This is like a. This feels like a one-two combo of a different soundtrack from no, what we yeah, started at. Pretty, it is pretty cool. It's kind of like they're doing the movie Psycho, like they're doing a Hitchcock on you or something. Yeah. You know, they set it all like, up like kind of like a little. Oh, we're just in excess foreigner, yeah. the who. Everybody's like nope. a little happy, and it's like, nope, you're getting murdered in the shower, mother. Yeah, mother. you're fucked. You. Everything's over. Come on, sister. Yeah, I don't know. He's just like... Like I also like the way he's singing it. Like it's all it's they he you know in excess. Uh, what can you say about Jared McMahon? Like what do you know about him? I don't even know. To that, but it's like Gerard in excess wants to be this guy so bad. That's yeah, like, they knew this track was pretty good. Um, it plays like six times throughout the movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, this is what was the other one we did? I guess it was probably uh, the Barry Gordy, where they yeah. they, tru- they truly use it in the three. They use it at the beginning, middle, and end kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. but they play at the beginning of the movie. Um, they play it when Michael drinks the blood and becomes yeah. half vampire. They play it when Mike Michael and Star first have sex. Um, oh just, god, just nonstop, and it, there's no reason not to. And yeah, if I, on vinyl, I probably would replay this like 15 times before going on to the next one, just because. I know. Yeah, but you of... mentioned um, Gerald McMahon. He's a soundtrack guy, which is surprising. Seemed like. Okay. He was in. Gerard, the... Gerard, yeah. Gerard. I'm sorry, Gerard, yeah. I had some, <clears throat> got caught up in my throat there. Gerard McMahon, yeah. Um, they got Fast Times. He's done Fast Times at Ridgemont High, All the Right Moves, uh, The Lonely Guy, and Hard Bodies. <laughs> Oh, uh, see? Obviously, Hard Bodies being the best one. I know. <laughs> Have you seen Hard Bodies? No, I mean, you know, isn't it like where they're, they, uh, they go on like spring break yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. Something like, but they're like older it's, or something. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of seen yeah. part of the movie before. I can't remember all of it, but it's. I have, it's yeah. I have. Yeah. I think I remember the whole thing, though, that's kind of weird. It's like they're from Iowa State, or they, they are. Oh. Uh, they like say that in the movie. Oh, that's. Good. I remember that was like a thing. Yeah, but um, no, yeah, he's pretty. This is pretty much his best track. Um, well, obviously, because we said it's the best track of the '80s, potentially. Yeah. But it's like his best track, and you know, the other stuff was decent that he does. But this is pretty much it. And this, actually, Lost Boys, they they make like three other movies, and this theme song carries through. And there's like a TV show, and this theme song carries. Through. <laughs> oh yeah, no, sh- yeah, no shit. Yeah, I mean. Because everybody, I think a lot of people probably know this one, right? I mean, yeah. Um, is it a time to talk at all about the the ending of the movie, like the fight scene? Anything sure. Like okay, just because I think that encapsulates the movie pretty good. Anything yeah. you want to talk about there? You can think of. I mean, so many. Um, I don't know. Just like when I go to when I go to like when we go on vacations where we like rent houses and there's like raptors like that. I just didn't like thinking there's just some vampire like having fights in it you know what i mean yeah probably and like uh, especially too if there's like a hunter and they've got horns all over the place yeah um i put up a, a set of like antlers we got at like a vintage store in clay's room and i bought them just in case like for vampire backup <laughs> so i can like grab a vampire and just like stab him onto those 
um, those horns. So, I mean, the, yeah, the main I thing that sticks out. Answers. I shouldn't say. Yeah. Horns, but yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's classic. To, to finish it off with that, um, finish. I would just and grand, and did, the grandpa comes in too, right, with the car with and uh, the background yeah, is did. like the whole thing is he knew the whole time and yeah he comes in to finish off Max as well. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think that's probably as close as you get to re- think, remember, like, even though they made him uh, uh, teenage sexy vampires, when David, Kiefer Sutherland, is, like, dying, he looks like a little, like a, like a boy, because he kind of loses his vampireness. Well, I don't want to, like, yeah, and I don't want to ruin it for you, but they say that he, or I guess he doesn't die. Like, that's why. He doesn't die in the movie. Um, when they do the sequels, he comes back. That he, actually, that he actually didn't get killed. Yeah, I know. Okay, whatever. Somehow, I don't like, fucking... Antler, none of that exists. Antler doesn't go through his heart or something. And... So, but but it's, a, it's not key for Sutherland in these other no, movies, no, right? No, yeah. So, so then, then, who gives or, a or shit? Or like the comic book series, too, or something. It goes off that. But yeah. No, bullshit. I don't care. But then Matt, I, don't even tell me that. So he, like, I don't know. I guess I thought if you killed the leader there... Oh, no, but he was a full vampire, so he'd still be a full vampire. And he goes yeah. off and then starts another... You know, set a lot tribe. Yeah, okay. Tribe. That, I mean, that's but, okay. Saying. So fuck that. But what I'm saying is but that's movie, what's heartbreaking say, about it. Sorry, in the movie, let's just say he dies because I don't want to ruin that. But I, I mean, so he does. But anyway, the movie ending, there's like a foreshadow by uh, Corey Feldman, the Frog Brother, like when he's explaining killing vampires, he's like sometimes they explode, sometimes that yeah, you know, go quietly, and like. When they kill in the house, when they kill each vampire, like uh, that's what happens with each one of them, which was kind of cool. Yeah, you know, like yeah. one explodes in the bathtub. I don't know. It's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Yeah, and yeah. you get to see the little boys, the vampire too, which is kind of big. Nuts. Yeah, yeah. So I, it, I don't know. It's kind of funny because it's like Home Alone, Home Alone setup. You know. <laughs> yeah, movie. it is a little Setting bit. All the traps up for vampires. And then, uh, do, I guess some of them work, or a, a bulk of them work, huh? But uh, honestly, a lot of them just come down to, like, sheer fighting or something. At, at the, yeah, it does, you know? basically. Can we overpower them enough Which to, like, Which is better, because it's thing. not like they're going to act like Home Alone guys and be like, whoop, yeah. I slipped up. Whoops, I got a water. Oh, my God, I got a tarantula on my face. Now there's a snake <laughs> in my heart. <laughs> well, this door handle's so hot. Now I gotta Um, anything else to say? I mean, obviously this is the most epic track. Yeah. It's it actually is. gonna be Stamp It My Patrice. Woo! I would, track. Mikey would have sex with this Whoa, part of the record. Saying. That's not was the original Patrice. Patrice was just like your crush. That's right. And now you've turned it into Something nasty, yeah, something dirty. I like that though. That's a good one. Stamp it. Don't you think? What about Jamie Gertz and this track together? Well, yeah. I mean, if I mean, if this song was playing and you were in the cave with her, with like a poster of the Doors behind you. Holy shit! <laughs> uh, that's probably the only reason I am married to Laura is because we did actually re- reenact you that did whole that? Uh, scene. Yeah, so. actually, star. Yeah, she's like, you thought I was Jamie Gertz? Look at this birth yeah. certificate. Yeah, star Gertz. <laughs> yeah, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> star. Star Jensen. Yep. All right, should we go to the next track? Yeah. It's hard to move on. I mean, I don't want to. I want to just go. You should just play the, the right. other track and let's just play this one again. All right, we'll play it twice. But then we'll talk about the real track. No, don't. Okay.
right. Okay, but do. Maybe I will. You don't. Yeah. Nobody knows. (laughs) Is it worms or is it noodles? Or is it noodles? Is it maggots or is it fried rice? Fried rice. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, what, this, what are you, you going to do? The only way to follow... Um, I know. Cry Little Sister is saxophone. So that yeah. Was, and this guy's in the movie when they're doing the party scene. There's like um, a band playing on the boardwalk. He's like kind of a rip dude. Yeah, yeah. The rip saxophone, man. Yeah. This is um, Eddie and the Tide. And mm-hmm. the song's Power Play. Three minutes and 59 six mm. seconds. Did we even say that? It was Gerard McMahon, Cry Little Sister. We didn't even mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. <laughs> I was... just got so excited. <laughs> this is 359, but this is a nice kind of like, what are you What are you going to do track, you know? Yeah. And the guy's pretty fun in the movie, and overall the guy's pretty cool. Um, he was actually Tina Turner's saxophonist. Yeah, um, okay, yeah. He played on We Don't Need Another Hero track, yeah. which is a great one. So. Oh. And he also played with Peter Gabriel as well. So nice. and then he did he did a, he did movies he did some movies and like little parts and stuff because I feel like yeah I feel like um, they were making fun of him in some kind of Saturday Night Live thing where John Hamm was like a kind of yep. a riff to get yeah where yeah, they kind of like they kind of like accredit him with that kind yeah of thing. Um, but so that's pretty great you know and yeah. so that's like another little nice and this is a different feeling track too you know mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of what eighty seven like that time period different things were sparking up and ties to maybe the ska stuff a little yeah ska song but like he's got does he have like a kind of a mohawk ish yeah yeah Yeah. okay i remember now yeah okay uh, cool yeah and that that was but that was what's his name his name is eddie yep okay Mm -hmm. yeah so great track eddie and the tide versus eddie and the cruisers what would (laughs) (laughs) i know I think they have a saxophonist in Eddie and the Cruisers because they're trying to be the uh, E Street band. Oh, sax, sax, sax off? Like I'm old school it. sax versus like new school crazy sax? Oh. But that open concert obviously just added to the, you know, mystique of Santa Cruz or Santa Clara. I yeah. Guess. And just. That, like, yeah, because they thought it was so. Where were they? Did they ever say where Michael and Sam were coming from? Was no, it just like they were. 
No, they didn't say that. There was no, there they, was no reason for that. They said maybe Arizona. Did they say Arizona? I have no clue. I don't remember. Because they're supposed to be from the... Maybe they do and I didn't catch it. Yeah. All right, should we do speed round on these other ones? Because we've been... <laughs> Gerard, the can't speed round. We're gonna That's right, folks. It's a, new, it's a new one. This way we do the last three songs. One, two, three in a row. And we say in a speed round what we think of them. Yep, and then we'll go through them all, and then we'll do a little wrap-up, and we'll get out of here. Especially, you know, we had a long uh, discussion on all the Halloween stuff, so yeah, it's best to kind of do that to manage some time. Yeah. 
three good tracks. Um, I screwed up automatic corrections corner. The one, the first one, um, Tim Capello, that was actually the saxophonist I was talking about. <laughs> so anything to say about Eddie and the time? Yeah. I mean, a little bit. Um, they were from Santa Cruz. Okay. So that's why I think they got on there. They were a local band and they had a song, maybe I'll get lucky in 1982, which they, uh, they uh, was the biggest indie selling release uh, in of all time up to that date because they nice. released a bunch of their songs and albums um, independently. Sorry, Eddie, uh, but the Tide took you out, and the Tide's name was Tim Capello. So oh, nice. yeah, you. that's what I was thinking. <laughs> and he did it acapella. Yeah, acapella. To acapella. Another another hero. We don't need another Capello, Eddie and the Tide. We don't. So need I still believe. Hello. Awesome. But I, so just even though we're doing the automatic um, cor um, uh, corrections corner, you knew it right away, and we were both did. The second that I still believe came on, it goes, "Oh, there's the saxophone," and that was that part. I'm so just, I, I was just tired, yeah. and I heard the saxophone and the Eddie song, and I was like, jumped on. I was excited for the saxophone. I gotta be. But honest. then it's so much more prevalent in this one. In yeah, the, I still believe it's a little bit like poppier song. It's a poppier and a weird, and it's got a weird. It's got weird songs. Yeah, it's got like weirder parts so, to I it. Mean, I think the last three. So well, let me just go through them one more time. So it was um, we had announced Eddie and the Tide, um, Power Play already three fifty seven. Then the next three we just played are I Still Believe by Tim Capello. Beauty Has Her Way by Mummy Calls. And to the shock AKA David Bowie. Yep, that was that song. And then To the Shock of Miss Elise by Thomas Newman, which was really like more a score track. It's a but score all track. Three, all three and four of those, again, were just like random songs, not like just like the rest of the album kind of, you know, that does mm -hmm. have, they all have kind of like that odd feel to them a little bit, like alternative yeah. goth kind of feel-ish. Mm -hmm. But um, I think you know, after hearing everything and then having all those come to fruition, this is, uh, like we said, a pretty strong soundtrack because yeah. getting such a good mix of what we've been saying, all the different kind of kind of tunes, especially for 1987. Yeah, M Mommy Callis then. Sorry, we got Tim Capello. That's the sax one, and that's kind of weird sax. It's a kind of almost, and it's got that weird bass line. It's got like the, what would kind of become like Red Hot Chili Peppers Primus style. You know, I think a little bit later on. And yeah. then Beauty Has Her Way, The Mummy Callus is just a blatant ripoff. But do you know anything about Mummy Callus? No. We could say? No. Mummy Calls? No, I don't. Oh, it's Mummy Calls. I'm saying it wrong. No. Uh, yeah. But, oh, Mummy Calls is, probably, is the band. Okay. So then, yeah, but he just like is go. I mean, he's like, he just it sounds like Bowie. He sounds like 80s Bowie. I'm 80s Bowie. Yeah. I think this track was kind of like their famous track of anything that they were okay. able to be on this because it is David Bowie. And that's like the only thing that kind of got them some popularity was like them clinging on to this movie, probably. Yeah. Because it was so that probably, makes sense. They were probably just too much little David Bowie, but not really David Bowie, I think. Yeah. But, but then, oh, yeah. And then they were, they like went over the over the line on this one and then everyone was like that's a david bowie song and they're like no it's mummy calls yeah and then so the I newman know, yeah. i don't know the map i like the newman i like that they ended it with one score they, you don't always see that that's bold yeah i think they and, gave and it's that yeah they gave a tip of the hat to thomas newman by putting one score song um onto the um onto the soundtrack even though there is a score i believe 
And uh, maybe if they would have done that with Danny Elfman, you know. And this is the carnival. Yeah, it's there. You're leaving the carnival. Yeah. It's the weird carnival song. And they played uh, a movie uh, like one point when they were just yeah. uh, wa- I think the boardwalk. Chasing Star or something through the boardwalk. I believe. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if you think about this, if you go five to ten, you're just like in such a different world than from one to four. It is. It's a different soundtracks, but I like yeah. that. I like what we're saying. Yeah. I, I think like when you're listening to it here right now, just kind of, uh, you know, highlighting the tracks, it's a little different than if you had this on right now for Halloween. Um, mm. and getting two different feels like on saturday i mean that's just this will get i think it's I, I think it's getting on i think i'm putting the speaker outside everybody thinks they're like cool because they put on ghostbusters which is a great one but if you yeah. put on lost boys you're right there's you're someone and then and then the shock uh of miss louise comes on like yeah. first of all it's just kind of actually scary just and then, it. And you yeah and then you go back to cry little sister like oh my god great. end of the night <laughs> yeah that's for the that's for that's for mommy daddy's time just about the fire pit if you want candy you have to cry little sister cry little i'm gonna sister. get in so much trouble this who cares chucking candy at the kids nobody no, cares to cry uh get out of here calling them little sister even though they're boys so like what the fuck? <laughs> all right well that was a good lightning round and i felt good so let's sum it up um yeah, you've got to watch the movie. I'm sure a lot of people do for Halloween. You've got to watch it again. You've got to hear this whole soundtrack. Play it on Halloween. It's the best thing you can do. Uh, yeah. What else? Uh, pair it with Ghostbusters. We almost did Ghostbusters, but pair those two. See what you think. Yeah, if you and we might do both Ghostbusters in the future, but it's a little more popular, so we decided to do this one first. Yeah. It's got the brother brothers connection. Mm-hmm. Got um, uh, you know being a kid and being able to do whatever you want kind of uh, feel to it. Um, it's got great acting, obviously, pretty decent script. Uh, it's funny and it's scary at times. And um, I don't know. Are you fun. talking about the soundtrack or the movie or both? Both. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Like you said. They do run. They run very parallel. Like we talked about at the beginning, they run very parallel. I think. Feel soundtrack of the movie yeah. make makes sense together. Feel, feel free to lose yourself, but only halfway. Feel free to hang from under a train, you know, yeah. train bridge. Uh, See what an Australian wuzzle nuzzle. And then let go, but make sure you fall in the water because you're not really yeah. a vampire. Because so. you're, yeah, cause, yeah, I mean, yeah, just be really careful because you're, you're actually not a vampire, everyone be out mischievous there. mischievous on so Halloween, that. not too too mischievous, turn into yeah. a, a wolf. I mean, but, yeah. Like, really turn into a wolf. Oh! Turn into a wolf. You know I mean, yeah. I mean, play it safe out there, everybody. You know, only eat like four ska bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat two ska bands. Or just eat their appendages and keep them alive. Yeah. That'd be the nicest thing to do. Or if like they play guitar, leave them their arms and eat their legs. So, like be kind of a nice uh, asshole. Yeah, just be... <laughs> or something. Be a nice frazzle-dazzle, frazzle-dazzle, uh, teenage sexy vampire. Even though I'm chucking the candy at the kids, it's like the best candy you can buy. Yeah, it's like really good candy. So and then you rip, <laughs> and then you rip their arm off under like a under a boardwalk to the to the shock of inside the arm to the shock of Miss Louise. And I hand them the arm back. So yeah, the whole point. That's there you go. <laughs> yeah, but oh uh, yeah, but you've taken the arm and you put it in the the um uh, the cotton candy mixer and you give back their arm with cotton candy on top. <laughs> That's just a good theme for life. Overall. 
Any other awards we want to do? I think we did. Eddie Takash? I don't think we got to the songs that oh, were yeah. in the back. Uh, Walk This Way is probably the Takash. Yeah. Just for fun, because everyone knows that track, and it is in the movie. And it's, it's so weird that it's in the movie, because it, it feels out of place. It feels out of place, because they're trying to make it seem like, uh, like it's hip. But that song at that point is like, you know, four or five years old. So, yeah, it's yeah. A, that's a weird one. And uh, Cry Little Sister, well, no, probably not. That that feels 80s. Well, there was one track yeah. that might be like the Prince song. Uh, oh, no, that was really Echo and the Bunny Man with Killing Moon, yeah. which isn't in the yep. movie, so we can't say that. But no, yeah, no, they, they play the um, Walk This Way when they're doing the, the, the punks are around the campfire and they end up eating mm-hmm. like we just talked about. So yeah. it does go from like, maybe they did that just for a contrast of like, this is the popular fun song right now and now you're mm-hmm. going get eaten and that's what you get. Yeah, get yeah it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm also glad they did that as well. Like they just get out of here. Well, this that was, felt like cultural appropriation. I mean, yeah, this was fun. You can't get much more eighties than that. And we had the whole talk on the Halloween stuff in the eighties. This was a blast. Yeah, I'm jacked for Halloween. It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be. And I'm and I'm Jack, meaning I'm gonna be our dad for Halloween. <laughs> it's gonna be a rager. Um, it's gonna be a total rage. Get your rage on, and then when you're done listening to the Southboy soundtrack, then listen to this uh, podcast because we're having out by Halloween. And be safe. And but be safe with the virus if you can, please. Be safe with that virus and everything. Because I heard it. I don't know if anyone else has heard this, but I heard from Donald Trump it turned you into vampires. I think it, turns into, the, uh, it turns you into it turns you into two sexy teenage vampires. Didn't they say Wait, was, I want it. Didn't they say it was going to be a full moon too? Um, on oh my god! <laughs> There's so many things lining up: the election, full moon, Halloween, uh, the virus, all this crazy stuff happening. So this year, what a bat! What what noises do bats make? This is the Halloween where they should just really do the purge or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I'm down for whatever. After if I've got Lost Boys, if I've got <laughs> Gerard on is my like keeper, I'm ready for anything. Yep, he's because I will not. I shall not fall. I shall not. He's the fall. He's the McMahon. Oh. <laughs> Not the McRib, because he doesn't. Do, they're not going to eat McMahon, right? No, 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 no. Maybe they never. Maybe they just eat one of his McRibs, and that's it. Yeah, they, they actually they eat one of his ribs, David, to just like he can become, you have strength. Yeah, like you eat one of McMahon's ribs to get strength. Yep. And like he and like and then like Gerard doesn't even feel it. He's just like whatever. Here you go, children. All right. Should we do our sign off? Yeah, like we always say, you're, you're one, one of us, Michael. Put a
Maybe you're so silly. 